Hey, y'all, I am pumped up for a very exciting early morning edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show live from Colombia, South America, outside of uh, Medellin in the mountains. They are called the Andes, and we're at the Mountains of Hope Healing Retreat fantastic place and I, i'm going to try to make an opportunity or two available to all y'all to come down here and visit it's amazing we've been broadcasting here all week super early morning show and uh, super don replays it later in the day as well in our normal time slot and of all the people that uh, you know we asked hey can you meet here meet us here in the morning the only person that said yes is jonathan emord <laughs> the sacred fire of liberty hour is happening and i'm going to get news from him because i'm out of touch here down in south america where he's in north america in the united states of america and it is time for the sacred fire of liberty we've got lots of updates and news and exciting things happening as well as some serious topics to cover as well but first i'm going to check in with uh, jonathan see how he's doing and also super don how he's doing because it is morning earlier than we normally broadcast so Jonathan, thanks for uh, joining us a little bit early today uh, from the campaign trail. Maybe you're still back in studio, your own studio. Well, it's great to be with you, Robert. I see that you've joined the Medellin cartel. Um, I, <laughs> yes. I'm rather surprised, Robert, really. But uh, oh, I love well, you. <laughs> nice to be, despite, despite the avalanche of drugs, uh, what a beautiful place to be, Robert. Oh, it's it's gorgeous. and but, From what I, mean, I understand, people, you, you've you know, got you You've got Pablo Escobar right. on in, in the next hour, don't you? There you go. Hour two, yes. Is he alive even? Yeah, I don't yeah. even know. Well, you know. I mean, times are tough, Robert. And it's necessary <laughs> to raise revenue wherever you can. And I see that you're doing that, Robert. I, I don't yeah. approve of it. And I just want you to know that uh, when you're in prison, I still love you. Oh, good. Thank you, Jonathan. That's so, so much appreciated. Well, I have to say my experience thus far has been great. We haven't been into Medellin, but the city itself is, is far different than when we were younger, Jonathan, you know, the, the cartel capitals of the world here in Colombia. I, I know these things still go on, but it's quite different from when we you know learned about what was happening here. The people have been great. And it's a uh, it's in the mountains above uh, uh, Medellin where there's a real healing retreat. We get all organic food. Um, people from the states have come here to be part of this. And, and, and some of these people, Dr. Ed group, friends of mine, Dr. Brian Artis is here and his wife, um, uh, Janice Schmidt, naturopathic doctor. And we, you know, we've been having some great meetings and we're all health freedom here, but it's, here's the thing. I want you in the U S Senate so badly because among the many reasons we've discussed, one of them is we need healing retreat centers like this in, in the United States of America. You know, the freedom to do the things that we think we're Americans, we're free to do. We can't do natural medicine, cancer therapies that are unapproved by the FDA that are non-toxic, that are helping people heal. These we have to leave our shores or go to Tijuana, Mexico to get this stuff. This is embarrassing as an American to say it's beautiful to travel. Don't get me wrong. You've traveled. I've traveled. But it'd be lovely if we can travel within the United States to get this kind of holistic care. And you can do some things in the U.S. Senate. I think that would help. Well, I agree with that, Robert, and I certainly will. Um, but, uh, yeah, it looks beautiful behind you, Robert. I mean, it really looks uh, lush, rainforest-esque. And uh, when you refer to organic foods, I'm a little nervous down there because some of those things, they grow organically in those rainforests, Robert, were used yes. by the Medellin cartel. So. This is true. Now, it's interesting, Joe. Careful what you consume, Robert. Yes, I, I will. So far, we've been doing really well. I will say what's interesting, too, in homeopathy, we can use the, the coca plant, coca leaves, right? Um, See, they, I didn't get to this, Robert. I knew it would happen. Go you ahead. knew it would. I'm just yes. saying that in, in the sense. That on the radio right now on television, you're trying to do that, Robert, while you're down there. I knew it would happen. 
And no, if no. you use disc, if you use discount code RSB10, <laughs> you get ten percent <laughs> off of your order. Uh, you know I'm trying to be the serious no? doctor it's here. It's perfect. Hey, great, great for Christmas, Robert. Yeah. I just you know, want to underscore the fact that this is not legal. <laughs> I want to underscore the fact this is not legal in the United States. I know what they tell you down there, but I'm telling you, Robert. Uh, all right. Careful. So. It, one thing, historically speaking, the coca leaf as a leaf, we go. as a processed cocaine substance, is oh. used at high altitude for altitude sickness. You, you chew on the leaves. You do not get high. Just like the cannabis leaf we talked about, it's used as food. You eat it. It's not decarboxylated. It's, it's different. So we adulterate things in the West often and go, oh, let's turn this into an addictive drug. So I'm just saying that in the history of natural medicine, if we would step back from the oh it's this only realizing that there's thousands of years of history of use that is not that at all and and, and that's the thing i you know we talk about the pharmacopoeia even it's in the pharmacopoeia homeopathically you can use it never get high that kind of thing but the regulatory state treats everything the same unfortunately and we need access to the the, the medicine of of our ancestors and and used appropriately we're not engaging in cartel-like activity, but thank you. <laughs> well, you may be the first one banned by the DEA, Robert. I, I'm sorry to inform you of that. All right. Wondering I promise I'm not bringing anything. Those plants behind you, I'm not that sophisticated. I now know they're coca plants. So, Robert, <laughs> they're not. Robert, I'm telling you, it is not yes. the way to go, okay? It's not the all way right. to go. Okay, all right, John. I'm well, happy with you today. I'm telling you that, Robert. All right. What what we want to do now is like you got to update me on things going on in the states because you know I'm kind of out of touch. Where the kids, my kids are here. We're having a great time. Really, it's a beautiful healing retreat. A lot of different um, therapies that are happening as well. The um, you know one of the stories that Super Don sent to me. It's astonishing. It's like you're allowed to discriminate against or abuse certain people, but not others. Right. There's this, you know, special place. If you're a protected minority, then you could say any offhand comment and not even be bigoted. And you're going to be they're going to call you names, racism, et cetera. But when it comes to the Jewish people now being attacked uh, with threats of genocide. It's astonishing to me, but I guess I shouldn't be astonished by the, the Harvards and the MITs, the, you know, the hoity-toity liberal institutions that will allow somebody to speak on genocide against the Jews. And if you say anything about anybody else, I mean, you will be deplatformed, you will be banned, you will be, you know, all of the things that will happen. It's kind of like how they attack Trump and they say he's bigoted just because he, you know, he's he's forward he's funny he says things that people are like so so hypersensitive to there used to be a time back in the day when you super down to me and you were growing up where we could joke about things and it didn't automatically mean you were the most terrible person in the world but these people are terrible that are going yeah yeah it's okay to talk about jewish genocide their super don has the article up harvard penn mit presidents refused to say calls for jewish genocide violate school policy what the heck is this it's an outrage robert it is a it is an absolute outrage and we have to come down hard against them for this what they are doing is condoning racism against the entire jewish race and they are siding with terrorists they're giving aid and comfort to the enemy the terrorists and they are siding with them against the jews and it is reprehensible absolutely unacceptable and they should be condemned and they should be drummed out of office and they should be investigated. And if there's a basis, if, if their at words are expressed in actions, 
that have caused Jews on campuses to become more vulnerable to violent activity or to be assaulted, then these individuals who are responsible for taking these positions need to be prosecuted. They need to be removed from office and prosecuted. I would investigate them right away. They are in a position where their statements can cause incitement to riot. They can, by failing to enforce uh, uh, without regard to race, laws to protect people and school policies to protect people who are of a particular race, here Jews, they are inviting violence against them. And we have to be absolutely vigorous in ensuring that we react to this with the full force of law, with the full investigative power of the government. Of course, this administration will do nothing. And that's the problem. And that's why they get away with this. It should have been clear before they even opened their mouths uh, that federal policy would be enforced to require them to avoid any acts of discrimination or any acts that were designed to incite violence against uh, Jewish minorities on campus. I mean, many kids who are Jewish have left the college campuses in light of all of the uh, violence and the pro-Hamas activity that they know will translate into assaults. And they're right. Mm -hmm. And there are several Jewish students on campuses who have been assaulted or have been chased down or driven out of their classes. I want to I want to bring Super Don into this discussion as well. And by the way, Ariana is joining us on the air. Hey, Jonathan. Hi. There's Ariana. This is an amazing, amazing thing to, to be able to travel with the kids. I know you've done wonderful trips with your kids, too, Jonathan, and I'm grateful for this opportunity as well. But this is, a, you know, this is a very serious topic, obviously. Uh, in, in Super Don, you, you put this to my attention as well. What kind of things, let's say, if you could say what that what was said by these groups or student groups that they're defending, if you insert the term uh, black, gay, uh, you know, or, or uh, Palestinian, that, how how about people? How about people that got fired because they used the wrong pronoun for somebody? Right, right. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, the obvious examples. The first thing that went through my head when I was watching these these college presidents. Uh, first off, they were totally coached by whoever the the lead counsel was for those universities. You could tell because it was all legalese that they were throwing out there. Uh, mm -hmm. but you're right. You know, I mean, if, if Stefanik had, who was the, 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 the one that was asking the questions in the hearing, uh, if she had said, so if somebody called for the genocide of, of black people, would that be violating the, the code of conduct, uh, and be considered bullying or harassment? I mean, the obvious answer, right? You know I mean? You, 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 you wouldn't even think about it. Right. But, uh, for the calling for the genocide of Jews, well, that's a context dependent decision. I mean, stoking, what? I really, it's so astonishing to me. I mean, I thought anti-Semitism was largely put to rest in the United States. I know there are acts of anti-Semitism all across the country, but I'm saying as <laughs> an official matter, you would never ever suspect in your wildest dreams that government actors and agents of the government and universities who are in public and private universities would dare take a direct position against Jews. You just never would suspect it. I mean, when I was in law school, the, the vast majority of students in law school were Jewish. And uh, the whole idea of uh, open uh, debate, yes, but absolute intolerance of discrimination and racism was the cardinal rule and it was enforced by law. And here you have these people getting away with these things, 
not being prosecuted, not being investigated, and you have anti-Semitism all over the United States uh, as a result of Hamas activity, all the uh, illegals coming in. I mean, Don, you were going to say something. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, it's it's fine. I just I, I've been flabbergasted ever since I saw this, because to me, I just I can't. It's hard to wrap my head around how crazy things have gotten in this country and 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 how, you know, things things that, you you know, a year ago, you would have been like, oh, that would never happen. Right. I mean, I can remember, for example, on, on this show uh, a few years ago, uh, Robert called out John Stewart from The Daily Show. Uh, because he was going after the uh, the the Marin moms, uh, you know, that were questioning, vac- you know, the uh, safety of vaccination. And mm-hmm. he said that John Stewart was using Nazi like tactics and, and, yeah, it's, and, and it's ostracizing these women. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And man, I mean, we were we, we were being mentioned in Mediate and, and, and all these, you know, these these, uh, you know, uh, outlets and stuff around the country. And if you Googled Robert Scott Bell, all of a sudden all these things came up about him calling John Stewart a Nazi, which he didn't do. Uh, but, you know, it's it's like something like that got press right now. You've got you know, just this, this blatant stuff that's going on. That's anti-Semitic and, 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 and Jewish students that are being that are hiding you know, in the school and they don't feel safe. I thought the universities were were a place for safe spaces. I guess it's a safe space if you're gay, if you're, if you're trans, uh, you know, if you're a minority, but if you're Jewish, it's like suddenly now being safe is no longer a thing. No longer thinks. We, we, it's so outrageous. You know, they've lost the concept of a university. They're no longer teaching. They're propagandizing and they're adopting political positions. I'm talking about the administration and the education in the universities. It's just horrible because you don't allow free debate. You don't, it's not an intellectual environment anymore. When you allow people to become rogues, use universities as vehicles to attack a group like the Jews. I mean, my goodness, how are we going to ever uh, have a uh, educational system in this country that actually educates when we allow this nonsense, and these people are just absolutely vicious. The the university presidents are reprehensible in this instance, no question about it. And what they're doing is really, um, I think, capable of being found to be illegal because they are required to avoid any acts of discrimination and they are required to ferret out discrimination and to use university resources to prevent it, whether it's against women, whether it's against blacks, whether it's against any minority, and certainly whether it's against the Jews. I I agree with you, Don. I mean, just a few years ago, if anything like this were to happen on a college campus where kids were chasing after Jews, I mean, my goodness, they would be be drummed out of the university. Not only that, they'd be prosecuted. They would be prosecuted for an attempted assault. No question about it. And the liberals would be all on the side of the Jews in this country. Get them all lining up. Where's uh, the ACLU, right? You know, right. I mean, where's yeah. where, where's where's there, the where? outrage here? The silence is deafening in this situation. Yeah. I mean, so the Information League has published uh, information based on uh, uh, surveys that have been done, and they say that there's a substantial, and based on their assessment of violent acts across the country, there's been something like a thirty percent, one hundred and thirty-three percent increase in the incidence of violence against. Um, Jews in the United States within the last six months. 
It's astonishing. And uh, I think there are a couple of clips here because, you know, I hear this and I'm reading it, but, but I, I haven't seen these things, these these college presidents trying to wiggle out of, you know, acknowledging that this is this would be horrendous if you, again, replace Jews with blacks or gays or whatever. And, and suddenly now Jewish people, it's open season on them. What's happening here? Do you have those clips, Super Don? Yeah, here we go. Ms. McGill, at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If, if the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. So is your if testimony it, that it, you will not answer yes? If it uh, is, if the yes speech or no. becomes, if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment, yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? The speech is not harassment? This is unacceptable, Ms. McGill. I'm going to give you one more opportunity for the world to see your answer. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be harassment. The answer... <laughs> Wow. <laughs> it's like, what? Oh, and you know, the, the, I, I was, I wished that she had, there was, cause the, when I watched this, I was like, the, the part that got me was how it, her, and then I've got another clip of, of the lady, I think it's from Harvard, uh, where they keep going to this. It's content, it's context dependent. And my question, next question would have been, can you please give me an example of what context would make this type of statement okay or passable uh what context are you referring to exactly and when when you talk about they are calling for the genocide of jews in public they're doing this publicly i mean right. if you argued that they had a private conversation in a dorm room between two anti-semites and one said oh they ought to exterminate the jews you might find that offensive but maybe that wouldn't violate their bullying policy because it wasn't directed the, uh, yeah, the obvious question should have been what context? Give me an example, please, an of, example, of what yeah. context makes that OK. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. anytime they're aware of it, it's been made public. If it's been made public, it is an attack on Jews. It's an invitation for violence against Jews. Now, their policy is against bullying. Right. And against uh, 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 offensive language or whatever against a particular minority group. It's their policy is not. When does it reach the legal criteria for us to prosecute you criminally for assault and battery? Right. What I was talking about in a private dorm room on the assault and battery front would not qualify. But when they're making public statements, it's at least bullying. I mean, it is at least against their policy. So the idea that you'd have a university president sitting there saying, that public statements calling for the genocide of Jews does not constitute a violation of the university policies <laughs> on this point is laughable in the extreme, but it's, in fact, it is mm -hmm. horrendous because a lot of people, a lot of people are going to suffer from that.
Hmm. It's an invitation. I mean, they're already pushing it when they say genocide of the Jews to the extreme degree, right? But yeah. when you don't immediately condemn it and you don't say it violates university policy, you get more of it. And that's what they're doing. They're condoning and encouraging it by refusing to condemn it and by refusing well, to face against and, the policy. And there's more at play here, I think, because you've got money, right? It, a lot, quite often it comes down to money in these situations where they don't want to offend the wrong people that might be sending them or funding, you know, sending money to the universities. And if you've got uh, money coming from foreign sources, you don't you don't want to take them off, right? You've got millions of dollars potentially, possibly, coming in from 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 these places. You're going to tap dance around, you know, the, the statements that you make. Uh, and, and you know, the the thing that comes to mind is there's this term called well, like, Mike. You know, you know what? You're right. That's what they do. But yeah. how horrible is that? I mean, to offend. To be paid to attack Jews. That's what really you're talking about. To accept money on a condition that you're accepting it with the understanding that if they attack Jews, you won't act against it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is just so reprehensible. Yeah, and if that's the case, I mean, then we've got a real crime going on. We have a real criminal conspiracy to violate the civil rights laws, and they should be prosecuted for that if that's going on. Yeah, Absolutely. Hundred percent, and you know it's it's it's. It, you ever heard the term microaggression? Yeah. This this is something that that began in the universities. Right. And to give you an example, real life example. Okay, I I, I witnessed this myself. Uh, a person wrote a note in cursive for someone of college age to read, and that person complained to the administration because they said it was a microaggression that it was written in cursive. This person didn't, you know, they don't teach cursive in schools anymore, right? And so the act of writing a note to the, one of these, these student age people in cursive was a microaggression that they felt that they were, being, they were being harassed and they were being discriminated against. So think about that. Writing in cursive is a microaggression, but calling for the genocide of Jews where in a college where you have Jewish students, nah, it's context dependent. Wow. Right? Do you have a second clip here to show? I do. This this would be, I believe, I want to say this is the uh, the, the president of, of Harvard here. It's either Harvard or MIT. And Dr. Gay at Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. What's the context? Targeted as an individual, targeted as at an individual. It's targeted at Jewish students, Jewish individuals. Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? Do you understand that dehumanization is part of anti-Semitism? I will ask you one more time. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? Anti-Semitic rhetoric. When and it is it anti-Semitic con- rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, intimidation. That is actionable conduct, and we do take action. So the answer is yes, that calling for the genocide of Jews violates Harvard Code of Conduct, correct? Again, it depends wow. on the context. It does not depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. These are unacceptable answers across. He's right. Yeah. 
I mean, what can you say? Again, replace, you know, the minority of choice instead of Jews. And you're like, there would be congressional hearings about all of this right now that that would be throwing people out. I think, I mean, as much as they hate Trump, you know, Trump could say something about the history of America uh, pre-Civil War slavery, talking about the plight of the blacks. And they'll say, you didn't condemn slavery. Just because, you know, you're talking about a subject and you don't also say, well, I condemn it. And, you know, this is the absurdity with which we are living in 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 terms of of speech, that it is it only satisfies, uh, you know, a certain segment of the population. And if it offends or threatens to kill another segment, that's okay. It's just astonishing what we're witnessing here. Yeah, it's hypocrisy and it is outrageous. It causes you to question fundamentally whether any of these institutions should exist. I mean, they call for they allow for the calling of the extermination of the Jews. Why don't we allow for the calling of the extermination of Harvard, MIT and these other institutions? I mean, frankly, uh, that's really if you're if the president of Harvard and MIT is going to turn the institution into one that provides protection to individuals who attack Jews. Why should there be any money going to those institutions? I would cut exactly. off all funding, cut off all federal funding to them based on the violation of these people's rights. Uh, encourage all the Jews that are in attendance to go elsewhere because of this and basically get rid of these institutions. I mean, we, a university that is, that is going to invite public attendance and is get receiving federal grants of all kinds ought not be allowed to continue to receive federal support and public support. If it does this, if I were a donor to the university, I'd cut off all donations. If I were a student, I'd go elsewhere. If I were a in the in the federal government, hopefully soon will be, I would introduce legislation to cut off all federal funding to these institutions. Uh, this is this is we're, we shouldn't play around with the idea that it's okay for these university presidents to look the other way as anti-Semitism rages on their campuses. Yeah. Well, again, tolerance is something that, uh, you know, you, you have people that might have opposing views. We, we, of course, tolerate them because we believe in freedom and freedom of speech, freedom of thought and conscience. But again, calling for the eradication of a people uh, that, you know, when did that become acceptable? It, 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 when you're asking that, when you're saying we need to exterminate or cause genocide to all Jews, which is what they're doing. You are attack. You're inviting an attack against these people. Obviously, I mean that's what genocide is: mass murder. So uh, that you can't have that. I mean, all right, let's take let's say, okay. Say there's a, a a rapist society on campus, and they call for all males to rape every woman on the campus. Okay, they call for it. They didn't act on it yet, but they call for every male to rape a woman on a can on the campus. Okay. Would they not enforce their bullying and, uh, you know, um, harassment policies against that group because it had advocated that? Like you're pointing out, if they ask for the extermination of all blacks or the extermination of all Hispanics, wouldn't they take action to defend those student groups by condemning that and refusing to allow it to persist on the campus? Hmm. I, I just find this to be incredible. This is hypocrisy. Well, they have to talk about a two-tiered system of justice on the federal level. This is obviously operating, and we've known this. They, yeah. they condemn conservative viewpoints. They won't allow them to be communicated on the campus. 
And then when it comes to the most extreme uh, radical expression, genocide of the Jews, they tolerate it. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, well, and there's, it's, it's selective outrage, as you pointed out, uh, targeting people of different political perspectives. You know, the accepted beliefs are are, you know, those that embrace collectivism and collectivism is in itself evil because it denies the, you know, the individual, the rights that they have or that he or she has based on their their very existence. And, you know, <clears throat> to condemn, uh, you know, certain groups and not others, again, who they're, they're made up, of course, of individuals and you have a right to life, liberty and pursuit of happiness property here in the United States or you know, around the world. I think people admired the United States because it was the first country in the world that acknowledged that rather than putting the sovereignty in the government with a king, queen, emperor, etc. And right now you've got people uh, in our country, in the United States that are embracing, again, genocide. Now, we can have outrage about genocide that can happen anywhere around the world, but yet when we see it beginning to happen or the calls for it not being condemned in our own country. Um, you know, I, I wonder where the, the heart and soul of our country has gone. Have we become so spiteful and hateful? I mean, what they are doing is they are giving that, that statement is a full endorsement of Hamas's political agenda against Israel, a full endorsement of their agenda to commit mass murder of all Jews. They are absolutely overt in those calls for mass de- determ- you know, extinction of the Jewish race and of Christians too. And here they have endorsed that Hamas position at a time when there is war going on in Israel, uh, you know, in, in the Gaza Strip. And they are, they are endorsing Hamas against Israel. That's what they're doing. And, and they're using this agenda of extermination of the Jews and they're advancing it in the United States as far and as wide as they can. And what's so wild here, you would never expect this, it's just disgusting, is the degree of Democrat Party complicity and furtherance of this assault on Jews. You know, we saw that the, the uh, radical um, squad, which had frequently members of the squad had uh, uh, made anti-Semitic statements in the past. And those were condemned by Jews, of course, but they were also widely condemned by a number of Democrats and almost all Republicans, to my knowledge, rose in condemnation of those actions, those statements by those squad members. Now you have Cori Bush, for example, doubling down on her pro-Hamas, anti-Israel and anti-Semitic comments. And and you have no strong action by the Democrats against her. No strong action. They have some members that are condemning it, but no action. And then in addition, you have uh, all of this um, allowance. You don't hear a single peep from anyone in the Biden administration or anyone on Capitol Hill on the Democrat side, to my knowledge, condemning these university presidents for what they said in allowing uh, yeah. calls for genocide <laughs> Yeah. How, how, how do we overcome this? Uh, you know, I think, as I've said many times, Jonathan, I know you agree. Ultimately, this is a spiritual crisis when we, you know, live and, and breathe and see seething rage and hatred for any groups of people and, and trying to get beyond group ideology as well as an important there part to no, recognize it. There's no place for that in our society. We yeah. cannot allow individuals to be categorized 
We can't allow this identity politics to it's it's now all over the college campuses, all over the schools, grade schools, mm-hmm. high schools. This is ridiculous racism. This racism we thought we got rid of in the civil rights era back again, functioning fully and is causing this. When you invite that, when you have critical race theory, you divide people based on their race, you condemn uh, uh, people who are uh, not of color and say mm-hmm. that they're white supremacists and even Asians, they categorize as white adjacent and they <laughs> say they are white supremacists because they have academically succeeded. Uh, and then you have uh, people of color and they tell them this horrific lie that no matter what they do, no matter how smart they are, no matter what good grades they get or whatever, the meritocracy doesn't matter because you'll never be able to make it in a systemically racist United States. And they drill this into them so that they're destroying the hopes and dreams of kids of color. And they're putting this massive guilt complex on all uh, people who are not of color, that they somehow are, are oppressors of those who are of color. Come on now. This, this is the, the destruction. This is, this, is, this is cultural Marxism. And it is the destruction of our society. This is why I think at the universities, it's so easy to slip into something like this anti-Semitism stuff because they've already prepped them from preschool all the way through uh, high school mm-hmm. with the concept that racism is OK if it's directed against specific groups that they will demonize. Yeah. Not favored, not protected. And he said demonized. Oh, folks, I'd like to say we could do better. I know we can and we have. The question is, are we going to descend further into this kind of hatred and division? Um, You know, I I think it's almost it's just amazing that we have to talk like this. It's like we're talking to a bunch of kids again that can't see through this. It's so it's so disgusting. And it's also so sophomoric. I mean, to hate Mm -hmm. a class of people, to hate a class of people. That is so outrageous to be a on that. In biblical terms, to be a respecter of persons by which they mean to discriminate among people based on their race or their ethnicity. I mean, this mm. is horrible. We should have absolutely no tolerance for this in our society. We've got to root it out. We thought we had destroyed it in the civil rights era. We thought Martin Luther King's genius and how he addressed this issue had vanquished it for all. But you know what? Here it is. They even condemn Martin Luther King. They condemn King yeah. because he is, he is not a racist. Can you? It's just backwards, <laughs> upside down, doing somersaults with your brain. This is just so bad. Everybody's to recognize it is racism, hmm. and it is unacceptable. I mean, we just have to. All right, Jonathan. It. What is going on on the ground in Virginia? Have you been hitting the the road constantly? Like uh, you know, even when you're not on the air, you're you're somewhere. Like last week, I mean, we were get get you between events. Uh, how's it going on the, uh, out in the field there? Um, are they responding to the message that you're delivering? Is there any shift in the message based on what you're learning out there among the electorate in Virginia? I'm, I'm, I'm curious for updates because we haven't gotten to speak in a bit since I've been out of the country for a few days now. Well, I mean, as you know, I base everything on principle and there's no shifting in my position. But I'll tell you this, mm-hmm. um, the receptivity to our message is really overwhelming, Robert, everywhere we go. And the number of people that are uh, on our team and are supporting our team is growing. We have people who are supporting our ballot. Uh, So beginning January 1st, we will be collecting ballots, uh, signatures in every congressional district. Uh, 
Well, we have captains in every district. We have volunteers in every district. We have super strong support all across the state. I'm looking at something that I think spells victory. And here's the thing, Robert. Mm-hmm. The, the, at every event over the last, you know, six months, it's been the same. You've seen it yourself. You were at them. People are overwhelmingly endorsing our campaign because we're addressing to the problems that they face, the solutions that will give them freedom and will give them a thriving economy and will restore America as a great nation. Uh, and that that's resonating with people because we have specific solutions, because we are driven by sincere motivations to save this country and because we're not part of this corrupt cabal that dominates Washington, where you've got all of this insider dealing, you've got influence peddling and corruption uh, writ large, and you have a party that's so crass that it calls for the overt destruction of the Constitution, packing the court, putting through all sorts of new restrictions on our freedom through the administrative state, not even not even introducing a bill in Congress when Congress under the Constitution is supposed to make all law. So we've got serious problems. Constitution hangs by a thread. We're looking at 2024. It's going to be an economic disaster by most measures. And that's because of the administration's unlimited spending and also restrictions on credit and this whole ESG agenda and the globalism agenda, open borders. All of this is coming home to roost with economic consequences, with crime consequences. People are fed up. They're sick of it. They're tired of a president who has the biochemical activity of a house plant they want someone in there who can make a difference and they also want to see someone in congress who can make a difference and so i think we are looking at a bellwether year in, in 2024 i think people are going to be so fed up they're going to say hey, look even if i sympathize with some positions that are liberal uh, i've got to survive i've got to survive my mm -hmm. kids have to survive they have to have a future we can't give up right. this country we can't give up liberty so it's resonating, Robert, and we're getting a lot of support. We Yay. just had an event last night. We had a fundraiser. Mm -hmm. We raised quite a bit of money last night. And that's because people are now putting money into the campaign, investing in it. We, we're making, you know, it's making Beautiful. a big difference. I'm hoping uh, that we'll do another telethon with you again, Robert, mm -hmm. uh, in the coming year. And uh, those things were really successful. They broadcast a lot of uh, our campaign positions all over the Commonwealth mm -hmm. of Virginia. A lot of people listen to you and listen to Mike Adams, and it was phenomenal. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times I heard people say, you know, most people say telethons are boring, right? I don't want to be a, I don't yeah, want to watch yeah. that. Well, this we one. We do them that uh, style. Nope, yeah. you, did them, you did it. It was fascinating. And a lot of people don't do boring. really appreciate mm -hmm. it. A lot of people came up to me and have come up to me at different events and say, hey, you know, you were you did that thing. I thought that was clever, that, that telethon. And then they say, I like that Robert Scott Bell. I like him. I've been watching him. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so That's I mean, awesome. I thought you did a really, really good job with that, Robert. And I appreciate I it. Yeah, if we can pull it off again, we'll do it. And Super Don, I got to bring you back into the mix. I know you had a meeting yesterday with our friend Chris from AMP News. That, that might be a, a, an extraordinary outreach uh, beyond what we've done so far in terms of adding an additional video format outlet to us soon yeah is that is that what was the story on that it's uh, <clears throat> it's in the works so okay. i'm talking with so, i'm talking with their their uh their technical people and stuff so mm -hmm. i anticipate uh that we'll be streaming live on amp news here uh 
pretty pretty quick, pretty quickly. And and they're Robert, already on. You know, just just so you know, Robert. Now that you're in mm-hmm. Columbia, there's a difference between being amped up in Columbia and being yes. amped up in this program. And I want you to know there's a difference because whatever you're getting there on the cheap in Columbia, you can't be affected by that when you're on air on this amp. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Uh, are you are you amped up? Let me get you muted out here. Go ahead. Are you amped up? Hi. Just high. Okay, so she's <laughs> well. A lot of people are high. Well, Columbia, define amped up. Oh, right. That we got to make. She's smart. She says, "Define your terms, Jonathan." I appreciate go. my daughter. Oh, there's, my there's Robert in the Medellin. <laughs> what is that? It's cartel defending the cartel, Robert. Is that one of my son's firearms? I don't know. That's amazing. That's so funny. Robert Scott Carbell. How do you have time to do that, Super Don? Oh, if you miss that picture on the audio podcast, you got to watch what Super Don does. It's funny. So, uh, all right. Anyway, so, so anyway, yes, yeah. the AMP News thing that will be happening soon. Once we start broadcasting on there, it's going to open us up. We're going to be on a lot more platforms. Yeah, a lot of uh, television yeah. platforms too, Jonathan. So the next yeah. time we do it, we're going to have a, a bigger, bigger, bigger footprint, so to speak. That's the good stuff that's happening here. Wow! Yeah. And not only uh, the other thing that we talked about yesterday was we'll be we'll be live during our live broadcast there, and they're going to replay us uh, in the evening as well. So we'll, we'll wow. be getting double coverage on that. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Lori has a question. I didn't even know there was a debate yesterday, but that's how out of touch I am. Jonathan, what are your thoughts on the debate? You were doing a fundraiser. You're probably not paying attention to any debate. Who was debating? Well, the big guy wasn't there. And Four people <laughs> competing for second place. Yeah, I, exactly <laughs> that's right. What, that's what it was. That's what it was. I saw I saw a little <laughs> segment of it and read some things on the news. So I, I have to confess I didn't see the whole thing. I really have a hard time watching the whole thing because of all the insults and you know, between that's this is a waste of our time to have people insulting one another personally is just not really helpful. But um, on the issues, really, the big question is, what does Donald Trump think? And everybody's looking at Donald Trump. I've endorsed Donald Trump. And the reason for that is simple. I mean, his record is really the most remarkable record of accomplishment and success in modern history. Uh you, you, you can't find those achievements in any other president. And I, and I go all the way back to President Reagan. President Reagan was phenomenal and achieved a great deal. But Donald Trump's achievements, when you look at actually what he did, uh, uh, I, mean, I mean, do you remember $2 a gallon gas? Do you remember uh, 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 being able to uh, export energy and to be energy independent. You remember the Abraham Accords? How about, how about looking to secure the borders and, and you know, doing things that, absolutely. yeah, uh, would allow us energy independence? I mean, good Lord, how horrible was that when the, when those days were around? Now, uh, now they, yeah. here you get into the issue of uh, insults. It's like people were so upset because he, he, he was actually quite funny. <laughs> and we never had a president that funny in terms of targeting, uh, you know, his uh, opponents per se, but I mean, in this context, do you well, say they call him, they call the- him every name in the book, right? They call him every mm-hmm. name in the book. They have trashed him. They have torn him down. They've tried all these things. He keeps coming right back fighting. And uh, the fact that he is a New Yorker, I mean, he's, mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he Street. is a, he, he, this man is representative of the heart and soul of, the working class in America. This man understands what makes America tick. He's an American patriot. He's defending our country and he's fighting to ensure that we have a country at all. I mean, 
So you got, and I, and the other candidates, yeah, they're fine, you know, but he's the only one with a proven track record. And in addition, when you jump into that Washington sea of alligators up to your neck, you can, and you want to see somebody who's going to fight consistently for the policies that have made America great and actually can do it again, that would be Donald Trump. The problem with everybody else is that they obviously from these debates, at least the extent that I've watched them, they're so politically conscious. They're so careful and calculating. They are so uh, endeavoring to avoid um, anything that might cause a, a drop in their percentage support that they aren't. You know, that's the problem. People say, I'm sick of that. Uh, you know, when you come to, to Donald Trump, Yes, he is a strong figure. Yes, he is a person who has very strong opinions. Yes, he is a person who makes liberals offended. Yes, he is a person who the, the radical left media condemns. But you know what? That's exactly what we need. <laughs> I mean, we if we have people compromising and doing what the media wants and avoiding offending people, if you are doing nothing for America, you're not offending people these days. <laughs> That's if you're true. For America, yeah. You're offending people these days. The mm -hmm. fact that there's offense doesn't mean what you're doing is illegitimate. The fact that there's offense means that you're accomplishing something that is changing the country in a direction that is yeah. uh, one they condemn. They condemn the founding fathers. So you start asserting the traditional constitutional uh, limitations on government, mm -hmm. what do you do? You offend them all over again, right? So anything you do to try to save this country, they regard as offensive. You close the borders, they condemn that as racism. You uh, uh, take, for example, energy independence, they say you're trying to destroy the environment. You, you advance uh, any position on an issue where you say, for example, there should be no, we need a colorblind society. There should be no discrimination based on race or color. They immediately come out and call you a racist. They call you a racist yeah. because you're not advancing the races they think need to be advanced and you're not discriminating against the races they say should be discriminated against. It's insane. Mm -hmm. What do you what do you think you're you're running against Tim Kaine, who ran with Hillary Clinton for vice president at that time uh, last cycle? And um, Biden, he says, is running against Trumpism because he's <laughs> a, what a bigoted bully. Well, here's the story. Yeah. Kane, okay. Biden is writing is running against Trumpism because GOP is controlled by a bigoted bully. What? What is he? You know, what is this even? This character assassination, name calling, I think we're sick of this, right? We're sick of this approach, which is so often used by people like Kane, rather than deal with the issues. He's not dealing with an issue. He doesn't even tell. What is Trumpism? What does that mean? What do you mean by Trumpism? Specifically, what are you talking about, Tim Kane? When you say mm -hmm. when you say Trump is a bully, what do you mean by that? Specifically, give me an example of what you mean by that, because I'll tell you if Trump is a bully for America. I'm mm -hmm. for that. It, you know, if Trump is a means an economy in which there is no inflation and where there's economic opportunity for everyone, including every minority group in this country that was advanced into economic stratosphere faster under Trump than in any modern president. Uh, if you're talking about achievements, Tim, where are you? Let's talk about what you do, Tim. Let's talk about your feckless lack of defense of the United States, your refusal to secure the borders, to introduce a single piece of legislation to do that. 
Let's talk about your complicity with the radical education agenda, which has kids being told in school that their genders are fluid and transitioning happening, which is child abuse and all of this outrageousness with defunding the police, which you won't act against because you're buddy buddy with Alex Soros and all of this anti-incarceration agenda, which is causing crime to be rampant in the streets because you're buddy buddy with Soros, the funder for the Democrat Party. I mean, who has to answer for the consequences of their action? You, Tim Kaine or Donald Trump? The consequences of Donald Trump's actions have been economic prosperity, national security, they have been a border that is protected, and they have been peace in the Middle East. And you, Tim Kaine, on the Armed Services Committee, complicit 100% saluting Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer, have given us nothing but economic misery, no economic opportunity, destruction of a well-working economy under Trump, and the risk of imminent risk of war on multiple fronts around the the world and a China emboldened and ready to and acting to undermine our interests around the world. That was not Donald Trump. That was you. So answer for yourself first before you start throwing around epithets that are negative in condemning mm-hmm. Donald Trump. Jonathan, I, I imagine you in the U.S. Senate with Trump as president, how, how much cooperation there would be in terms of the things you would uh, forward in the Senate. And you'd have a president that would actually support you in, in you know, deregulating or uh, providing for more freedom, health freedom, uh, you know, uh, prohibition, prohibitions, if you will, on mandates, you know, for vaccines, things like that. Um, you've already got we've talked about legislation you have at the ready the moment you put in some things that you had written for uh, Congressman Ron Paul years ago that you'll be in the U.S. Senate defeating Kim Kaine and you can work with Rand Paul and and, and Mike Lee and uh, you know there are a few other folks that really believe in the Constitution that I believe will be strengthened not only in their resolve but um, you know their ability to navigate the things you've navigated on the legal side you know tackling the FDA and the oligarchy through the courts and Again, I'll, I'll remind folks, uh, or you know, for those that are, are new to this, and, and Jonathan Emord, uh, he has uh, beaten the the FDA world record eight times in court. And one of the final straws, even after, as he won that final time, uh, I guess it was the, was the lawyer for FDA at the time yeah, said, "Congratulations, Trump Jonathan! You, you did, yeah, you did you did something no one else could do." But I just want you to know that we will never adhere to anything that happened here. The court could tell us to do whatever; we're not going to do it. And you're like. You know, that wasn't what you went into the legal profession for, uh, to, to find that the oligarchy and government would just thumb its nose at, at a court, you know, defeat and continue to trample on the rights of a- average Americans uh, and, and also the businesses that are out there providing good products and services that are truly not harming people, but helping them. And particularly now we see more more attacks by the FDA on homeopathic medicine. Yes, we are. Uh, and it's astonishing. The only reason to do this is to destroy competition, right. which Here's is limited in a monopoly already. They, they jump into instances where there's no harm whatsoever and they go in there and they wipe out whole markets. And the reason is that in the end, in the end, the big picture is this. They want to crush the American free enterprise system and have a government takeover of it. They believe in authoritarianism. The agenda of Alex and George Soros is globalism. They want a one world government. They view the biggest 
uh, barrier to the achievement of that one world totalitarian government to be the United States. And they are dedicated to doing what? They have said it. They're dedicated to destroying the American economy, destroying uh, the criminal justice system. Why? They want to get rid of American nationalism. They want to keep the borders open so that we no longer have a sense of identity as a people separate and apart from the world. That is that we are Americans. They want to destroy that. They want people in this country who are loyal to foreign uh, countries in order to destroy our sense of nationalism. They want to destroy our sense of security so that we're more apt to drop nationalism, drop self-defense and agree to global government. And this is the plan. The plan is to break us down, destroy our economy, destroy uh, our sense of nationalism and bring about a global government where the United States accepts total control over it. George and Alex Soros hate this country. And Alex Soros is the best friend of Tim Kaine. Mm-hmm. And Tim Kaine is completely their lapdog. He has introduced no legislation to offend any of the agendas of destruction that they support. They support open borders. They support defund the police. They support anti-incarceration prosecutors. In other words, prosecutors who don't prosecute, mm-hmm. they are acting to destroy the defenses of a free people, of their lives, their liberty and property. And Tim Kaine is four square right in their, their uh, pockets. He is literally there. He is also figuratively there. He introduced the Soroses to the Democrat Party uh, as Democratic National Committee chair. He received the one of the first major donations in the United States 25 years ago from Alex Soros, excuse me, George Soros, when he ran for mayor of Richmond, a direct donation. He has been couriering into the Democratic Party massive amounts. They are now the biggest financial supporter of the Democrat Party, single supporter, is the Soros uh, entities. They are the biggest supporter of the Democratic Party. Has uh, uh, there been any indication that Tim Kaine and his group of cronies running for uh, you know reelection uh, ha- have uh, any strategy other than uh, to con- continue to promote the things that don't work? I mean, are the people of Virginia, the Commonwealth there seeing through it? Is Tim Kaine a popular senator at this point for the whole state other than the most diehard Democrats? No. In fact, most people don't know anything that he has done or what he has refused to do. Most people don't know the real story of Tim Kaine. What they know is, if they know anything at all, are uh, statements that contradict what he actually has done. So he represents himself in his speeches to Virginians to be a moderate. He represents himself as being someone who, when he speaks before a special interest group, whether it's business or otherwise, to be defending their interests. Then he votes in a way that actually attacks their interests and advances the socialist agenda in Washington. Um, He's a hypocrite. And he's also a person who is very, very, um, uh, shall we say, uh, deceptive in his whole approach towards this. It's cynicism. It's a high degree of cynicism. He thinks that he can tell people simple things like, I voted for the... uh, Inflation Reduction Act, that means I'm attacking inflation, when in point of fact, the Inflation Reduction Act is falsely labeled because it's a massive climate change expenditure that increases inflation and it destroys the fossil fuel economy and thereby increases the price of gas. Uh, 
And so it's deception. And and he's gotten away with it. But this time around, there's someone here named Jonathan Emord who's going to hold him to account and who's going to attack him on his positions on these issues. He will engage in the typical character assassination. He will label me everything negative in the book because that's how they operate. That's thuggish. That is not professional. He is not a statesman. He is a rank politician. There's a difference. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A huge difference. And the contrast will be uh, so uh, enlightening for people to see. Uh, I know we still got to get through the primary, but you're doing great up there. And I want to continue to encourage all of you uh, who know and love Jonathan E. Mord like I do. He's been with me on this show for many, many years. We've been friends longer than that. And uh, emord4va.com, emord4va.com, F-O-R-V-A.com for Virginia. Uh, there's also a holiday party coming up at Gourmelts. We've talked about the, the owner of Gourmelts, Emord holiday celebration on Monday, December 11th. That's uh, right. Coming it's up at four days from now. We have door prizes. We have uh, Santa coming in. We might have a couple of Santas coming in, and they may have a dispute among themselves as to who the real Santa is. But the point is, Robert, it's mm-hmm. going to be a blast. And we have yes. some magnificent singers, unbelievable singers for, for the holiday. We have Tamika uh, Arnold. Arnold, mm-hmm. remember her? Yes, and she's terrific. What a we beautiful also voice. have uh, um, Aaron Petty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so both of them are fantastic singers, and they are going to sing us into the holidays. So yes. really wonderful time. I wish I you would- were there. I know. I wish I could be there with you guys. It's going to be amazing. That's December 11th at Gourmelts. Yeah. And those of you who want to learn more about Jonathan, emord4va.com, a champion for health freedom and uh, our next U.S. Senator from Virginia. You guys, uh, you know, pump it up for Jonathan. And we're going to see some exciting new things happening in the coming years that are very positive and empowering. And uh, I know that's quite different from the message you hear from the mainstream media. But that's that's the reality we live in. And we're going to continue to manifest that because uh, you know, we got kids. I got my kids with me. You got your kids. One day I want them to have kids that are growing up in freedom. So we God bless you, my brother. Love you. Appreciate yeah. you. All right. That's Jonathan Emore joining us from the United States of America. Why do I say that? Because I'm in Colombia in South America at the Mountains of Hope Healing Retreat. In the second hour, a returning guest. Uh, he's become a really good friend. I mean, the more I get to know this guy, the more I like him. Uh, not that I didn't like him the first time I met him or anything like that, but dude, you get to the depth of his history and, and he'll share some of that some more, especially now in context of being here at the mountains of hope healing retreat. That's why I wanted him back on. Uh, and so Tim James is going to be with us, you know, from chemical free body and now from mountainsofhope.com. So check us out on the web. All the links are up. We'll also talk about some of the upcoming events and uh, special thanks to those that support this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty, including Cardio Miracle, which uh, I brought some Cardio Miracle packets. We're pouring it into the green juices. They were organic. Pour. I was like, oh my gosh, we're all just feeling it. Very good. You liked it? Yes. You liked it. Okay. It tasted very nice. Uh, can you tell everybody what I tell them at the end of every hour? The power to heal is yours. Woo! <laughs> With great All right. In the first hour of the Robert Scott Bell show, this is what my daughter was doing, drawing a watercolor. It's not on official watercolor paper, but it's a view of uh, from Mountains of Hope at the mountains that we're in. It's so beautiful and lush. You can kind of get a sense of uh, what 
kind of beauty you would be surrounded by and, and immersed in if you were here. And that's just, a, you know, again, it's not finished, as she says. And thank you for letting me show it, even though. And that was during the first hour of the show, Super Don. She was painting, uh, doing watercolor while we were doing the interview with Jonathan Emore. Talking all that, talking all that boring politics stuff, right? Exactly. She was doing something fun and interesting with uh, the watercolors. Yeah. And now we have Tim James back on the Robert Scabell show. Did, did your mom ever call you Timothy when you were in trouble? Exactly. Yes. Okay. I know. I know that uh -huh. happens, right? You get that full, full version of the name when that happens. Um, Super Don, remember Tim? Of course. Of course you do. And so Super Don, um, how, mm. did you go get a colonic? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, two. I got two of them. Yes. Did you? All right. No, no. Paper colonics. He writes down colonic, puts it in his pocket, oh, says, I got one. Oh, <clears throat> yeah, that's how it's tricky. No. It's tricky. In holes and out holes. I'm, I'm a firm believer. <laughs> what are you going to say? I mean, the logic, right? Well, we, of course, uh, uh, are welcoming everybody and their various viewpoints and beliefs. That's why Super Don is so awesome and uh, makes this show go. And I appreciate that much. I wish I could get you down here, but I know how hard it is to get you to travel. But I will say, uh, Tim's suggesting that we maybe do a Robert Scott Bell show healing retreat sometime. I don't know when, where, but if you guys think about it out there in the audience, that this would be something you'd like to do. Maybe, you know, contact me and just say, hey, yeah, I'd be interested. And then we can see, maybe put something together. Yeah, absolutely. I think it would be great because um, uh, we're, we're, what we found is we've had these influencer events. This is the second one. And what's happened is that this one lady, she's done retreats all over the world, mm -hmm. all over the world. She's like, she's like, dude, you guys really have something special here. She goes, there's nothing like this anywhere on the planet. Mm -hmm. And I've been to a lot of retreats. Yeah. It's everything that you offer here. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm going to have a mastermind here. Oh, nice. And so I think we should, I think we should do it. I think you're, you know, and it's, it's a very small boutique place. Yeah, it so wouldn't we, be we, we have like 12 bedrooms. Yeah. And so you'd be in one of them. So there's 11 bedrooms left and we could probably host about 20 people. So it'd be a very small, intimate group. Mm -hmm. And we would help you, um, uh, you know, get your pathway to, to, to self-healing and yeah. opening up your heart space. And people just don't realize, like, they think I got cancer. Well, maybe I'll eat healthy. That mm -hmm. was my whole thing because I, I watched my buddy actually heal doing that. But if you have deep emotional trauma, you have to deal with that. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it doesn't matter how much food you eat or sprouts you eat and that kind of stuff or green juices, it, you might not heal all the way. And, and getting out of the environment you're in, and that's part of, you know, how you, your life manifests. You're in an environment and you, you sort of are stuck or trapped in it. And I know that you can make choices to break free of it, but it's difficult in the midst of your everyday routine. So breaking free by coming to something like this is uh, remarkable and it is transformational. And we'll talk more about some of the things that are going on here and what you, you might encounter should you decide to, uh, to come and indulge in it. My, my kids are just like thrilled beyond belief what they're what they're experiencing um you know my my daughter already had a, a dental visit they had brought in a dentist here a, a biological dentist and you know what she needs because she had some teeth that never came in you know that was just what she had in the lineage down on my my uh, wife's side apparently and it manifested in that way so she has to wear like a partial uh, but, you know, the, to get dental work in the States could be five to 10 times or more expensive. You could fly down to Colombia, uh, have a healing retreat and get dental work done for less. It, all of that included have a vacation, if you will, or holiday of some kind, and then go back home. And you're like, you would have saved significant money over just the dental bill in the States. Yeah, they, they call yeah. them. It's actually been going on for quite a while now. They're calling dental vacations. Dental vacations. A yeah, lot of them yeah. in Costa Rica, now mm -hmm. here in Medellin. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people don't realize because they think of Colombia and the first thing they think of is 
narcos right. and, and yeah. gorillas. And that was, you know, I think it was like 2000. It was like the dangerous city on the planet. Mm-hmm. But I looked before coming here, mm-hmm. of course, <laughs> and I, I saw it was like, there were so many, so many cities in the United States, like Washington, DC, Baltimore, oh, Detroit, San Francisco, yeah. Portland, Oregon. Yeah. I'm from Oregon. I mean, there's all Chicago, all these mm. places are more dangerous than Medellin. It's called the, the city of eternal spring. And there's 4.5 million people. And, and the reality is, is that all over the world, decent, hardworking people are good people. We just want to mm. raise our kids, be healthy, take some vacation, save some money up and, you know, and have a good life. And, um, you know, it's these people at the top that have confused us with TV and media that mm. we all hate each other and where yeah. there's bad people out there and then they convince us to go shoot each other. Mm-hmm. And there is literally no difference between a working class person in China versus Colombia versus America versus Australia. Cause I've been all over the place, man. And, and I've always had people take me in with an open heart and, mm-hmm. and just love on me. And it's just the people are real and they get yeah. it and they want to get along and enjoy each other's company. And, and that's the, it's the globalists that muck it all up. that want to control you, divide you and, and not empower you, but disempower you. Hey, super Don, did any of the pictures or videos that my daughter took, uh, get to you that we can show some, some highlights that we've, we've seen or experienced here on the grounds of uh, mountains of hope in Colombia mountainsofhope.com. Oh yeah. Here's the place in the morning. See that on the left. That's the cold plunge, that little, little thing. And I couldn't believe I got in it. And now it's been three days in a row. I've done three cold plunges after the, the hot, uh, what do you call the sauna? Yeah, we have a, we have a Finlandia, traditional Finlandia sauna with rocks that mm-hmm. are the same rocks as Stonehenge. And it's also mixed with a far infrared technology. So it's a mm-hmm. dual sauna heating you from the outside and the yep. inside out. And we have a steam sauna. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a Turkish steam sauna bath with yeah. titrates uh, eucalyptus into it. Mm-hmm. And you go in there for 10, 15 minutes and oh, you man. run out there and jump in the cold plunge. And I saw Robert do it. So he's, he's Three. not, be, he's not BSing anybody. I, here. And I super Don, I'm telling <laughs> you, I, when I got here, I thought maybe I'll do it the last day. Right. You know, I did it the first day. <laughs> I did it the second day. I've now done it the third day. Now and I yesterday will, you also yeah. did ice bath. Well, no, no, here's the thing. And this is where my daughter represented the bell family. Oh, you for didn't me. make it. Okay. I, I was, uh, you know, at that point it was later in the day. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to do another one. I did three day, although it was even colder because they poured ice into that little thing there. Super done. If you can find that picture of my daughter, it might be a video of her in it. I don't uh, remember. I got she, so many here. Hold on. I know. Hold on. I, hold on. I got she it somewhere went, here. Hold on. She went in to that thing and was like smiling the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, she is so tough. There she is. Happy ice bath to all. She says, there's Ariana getting in there. And it's like ice. You see that the, 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 the speckly things that's ice in it. You can see there. And she was like, got in it. I'm so proud of her. She's so tough. She and smiles a lot. She does. I, like, I actually, I look up to her. Yeah. Yeah. Her and, and the guy that taught the holotropic breath. Oh my gosh. He yeah. smiles a lot too. And I'm yeah. like, I, inside of me, I'm like, I want to be more like them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of the holotropic uh, breath work, uh, Super D, they, they, well, I wasn't able to attend. There was a guy that you had zoomed in on breath work earlier in the day. That was Soma breath work. Soma a little breath bit different, work, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, look, there's Laban and Anna, my, my son, Elijah and Ariana. Look at that. That's, that's fun. And that's in the, uh, what they call the, the, what was that room called? The seminary or something? Uh, monastery. Monastery. Yeah. Thank, there you go there. And we had some events. There's my son and daughter there. You can overlook the grounds in Columbia. How beautiful is that? Uh, just look at that. I mean, come on. This is like December. Oh, that's on the hiking trail up above the property. Yeah. yeah, I haven't done that yet. I was doing my broadcast 
uh, the first day when it goes. Oh, we'll go do that today. Okay, I'd love that. Yeah, I think we have extra time to do that. So that'd be look at that. There a lot of the fruit trees, and my kids picked some fruit and brought it to me. Uh, some mandarins or something. It was amazing. you know what's crazy because that hill's really steep. When the yeah. fruit falls off, yeah, it literally rolls down the hill into your hands. <laughs> nice. And <laughs> literally, there was a a guava. There's a there's we have mandarins and mm-hmm. guava and avocados and a couple others mm-hmm. i was going to the walking trail yeah and literally i heard it go thump and it was rolling down the hill and i caught it opened it up and ate it oh that's beautiful unbelievable look at that and they're growing organically here on the property on the grounds yeah we have a two three acre garden yeah it's just gorgeous uh this is, look at that just terrace or not even terrace, just coming down the mountain look at that beautiful birds of paradise i think they call that plant yeah the columbia is like the uh, not only it's the, like the flower capital of the world they they think it's like two or three massive jets mm-hmm. uh carriers take flowers and drop them off in miami every day from here from, from Columbia. Here, yeah. Yeah. yeah so you can enjoy that beauty as well so but anyway the, then they did the the holotropic uh breath did i say it right holotrophic yeah. or holotropic i think it's holotropic okay and there's a guy from germany originally and they did this breath work with us uh, in the monastery for, I don't know, it was a, an hour long or so. A couple hours. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, we talked about it and experienced it and they had live music. They were playing the bowls. There was a guitar and singing. How it good was, was like, the guy, Mike, the, oh the, the doctor who played the guitar? Isn't oh he beautiful? Gosh. And, and he's so quiet. Yeah. And then oh, yeah. he's just like amazing. So if you guys haven't had this breath work, and this is my son had a big breakthrough there because he, you know, he's a shallow breather. He's working very hard with the goldbacks. He's under stress. And, you know, he puts that imposes on himself. And, it doesn't have, you know, give himself the opportunity to do what we're doing here, which is why, you know, I said to my kids, I didn't say, I said, kids, do you want to go? And I was like, not thinking they would really want to go. And then Ariana said, oh yeah, dad, I want to go. And then I thought my son, he's not going to want to go. He's like, yeah, I think I want to go. And I'm like, you don't really want to go. And they kept coming back and it just pushed me over the edge. And my wife said, you got to take the kids. I'm like, this is so awesome. So we'll talk about the fact if you know, I don't know, you don't want to take your babies here. You know, it's not appropriate for that, but um, the idea is if your kids are at a certain point in time and my kids are in teen years are up, you know, they're, they're going to encounter and experience some things in healing work that is appropriate for them. There's emotional things that can happen. Spiritual awakenings can happen. It's transformational. And so my son through this breath work that we did, he just, he's the end of it. He was crying at the end. Yeah. And he just had some deep, deep, profound experiences that are opening him up uh, that, you know, in your normal routine at home, you can't get there often. And it's yeah. just such a beautiful space that's been created here. Yeah. And tears are, um, they are uh, a daily, it's a daily happening here. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're looking for. I know a lot of people that are coming to Mountains of Hope um, are coming because they think they want to heal themselves physically, but they don't realize that, you know, most of the physical manifestations they have is because of the emotional trauma they've mm-hmm. been holding on to. Yeah. So our goal and our main job here is to help them understand that living from the heart is the most important thing. And just getting that heart cracked open. I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember, it was um, during the uh, Rape ceremony. Mm-hmm. There was that gal that was here from our marketing company mm-hmm. just to do some social media stuff. Oh, that's right. Yes. And, from, and she England. was just kind of sitting in the circle, but kind of back. She was in there kind of getting her little you know shots for social media. Yeah. And they handed her the whatever it was. And it's like, okay, say your name and what your spiritual path is. And she's like, oh, I'm just, uh, I'm just social media. So here now, and everybody's like, no, 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 speak. Like the whole group was like, speak. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, uh, and then she, she said, my name's this. And then all of a sudden her lips started quivering. Her body froze up and I was like, whoa, Something this going on gal here. is holding on to a tremendous amount of trauma. Right, right. That's all I could think of. And she couldn't even speak. And then she's like, no. And then she started to hand the thing back. We're like, no, tell us what your spiritual thing is. And then she just, she goes, 
I was severely abused as a child and she got that out mm -hmm. and then, and then she had to hand it off. Mm -hmm. But that was the, mm -hmm. that was the moment in time where her, her heart cracked open. Yeah. And I knew that that was the beginning for her. And then I didn't think she was going to do the rapping. She came back and got she came back. It. She yeah. was the last one to do yeah. it. And then she bawled and bawled. And afterwards I asked her, I said, how do you feel? And she's like, she goes, I just released so much hate. Mm. She said, my father had killed himself when, he, when I was nine, wow. suicide, and my mother killed herself when she was 20. Oh and I've been holding so much hate in my heart yeah. for so long against them. And I finally let that all go. Oh. Right? She goes, I just, I, I don't have it anymore. Mm. She goes, I feel light. And I was like, uh. That's why you're here. That's why and you're here. here for just social and this media. Is, this stuff, is this yeah. is a daily thing. It's like one after yeah. another after another. It's an environment where you can let go of these things. And it's, uh, I mean, it was a beautiful, there was a lot of uh, love and support in that moment, oh. you know, and, and just no, no judgment. And, and the thing is, you know, even my daughter after the, um, the holotrophic, holotropic breathing thing, she shared how she went back into a dream she had that she couldn't remember fully. And, and the rest of it opened up to her. It was just like a spectacular spiritual journey mm -hmm. to enter temples and things. And she felt comfortable communicating that it was just so beautiful. Uh, just like I said, you don't have a, an opportunity like this every day. I wish we did. I'd like to see mountains of hope everywhere, right? In the U S as well. But we also need Jonathan E more in the U S Senate. So the freedom to heal comes back to America rather than the restrictions on, you know, what we, we talk about here in terms of modern medicine monopolies. Uh, so, um, we got uh, a lot more to do here. And, you know, one of the things, uh, I'll talk about the upcoming events later. I just got right into it, uh, with Tim here. Uh, it's been fun getting to know Tim a little bit bit more and hearing it in in context, his story, you know, while we're here about the journey you went through, the, the, the tough times of your health. Right. Oh, yeah. And it was like I was reliving the traumas of my own health. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, Tim, thanks for bringing that up. And all these memories, I mean, including cracked and bleeding skin yeah, on yeah, the yeah, elbows yeah. and things yeah. just brutal. You know, you're thinking who has that? And I'm like. Tim and I did. Um, I just got it done earlier and then found, you know, earlier in life and others get there, you know, whenever they do. But the journey out is similar in terms of our decision making. Yeah. You know, you have the chemical free body. Of course, we we preclude that by saying synthetic chemical free if we're going to be targeting accuracy because somebody could be yeah, no, I, chemical free. I actually had that happen. We yeah. were we had a, a big booth in VegFest mm -hmm. and this and it's, you know, chemical free body. Right. And this guy goes, he's like, dude, everything's a chemical. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, it's man-made chemicals, right. you know, read between the lines. Yeah, exactly. I didn't want to say, Take you know, man-made chemical free body.com. Right. The damn URL was already long enough. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but I know that people are nitpicking about these things mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and I, you know, you'd appreciate that too, but you get the context and the spirit with which it's communicated. We ask, we're all chemical chemicals too, but sure. uh, the energetics is what, you know, I'm talking about. And, and so much of the, the blockage of even the chemistry of the body when it's a healthy chemistry mm -hmm. uh, due to emotional states and mental states and other things, much less another environmental impacts, they block the free flow of how our bodies are supposed to operate. And so a big part of it is removing the interference mm -hmm. and then providing to the body that which it needs coming here, having, you know, that juicing in the morning and clean food and cleaner air. It's just been spectacular. Even a little bit of time can be transformational in a positive and powerful way for the rest of your life. You could go back in now changed. And I'm not saying you couldn't fall back into bad habits because that can happen. These habits run deep, but breaking out of them, it's very difficult when you're still in them and practicing them every day. And the opportunity to break out of a more in a rapid way is here at mountains of hope, no doubt in my mind. And I would encourage anybody to consider it. And we'll talk more about some things sure, in the coming sure. here. Yeah. Well, it just, it creates a lot of contrast because when you get out of your, you know, your zone. I, who, who, I don't know, who was we were talking to? It was one of the docs here or something. I think it was, maybe it was Dr. Artis. Mm -hmm. 
And he said there was a doctor mm-hmm. and he was just like helping people cure themselves of cancer left and right, left and right, yeah. left and right, left and right. And he said his number one job was when they came into his office was to identify the most toxic person in their life. Mm-hmm. It could be your mom. It could be your father. It could be your husband. It could be your wife. It could be a child. It didn't matter how close they were, friend or whatever. He said, but what he would have them do is completely cut them out of their life, completely cut them out of their life. And then, and then they would literally start healing other cancer. Yeah. That was the unbelievable. So when you think about toxins, you know, you don't think about toxic people, but right. we have them. And the reality is, is that on a higher level, uh, you know, your mom or dad or whoever's being kind of mean to you in this time space reality, mm-hmm. probably still wants what's best for you. But They're there's obviously, a, there's also obviously a lesson yeah. that you needed to learn. And sure. it's like, maybe you need to stand on your own two feet and realize that you're an indestructible force. Well, and sometimes the opportunity for them to heal as well is for you to remove yourself from their sphere. So they, they have to now confront something that's been directed outward. Right. And so it's a gift too. When you think, Oh, how cruel he said, leave your whatever. But yes, there are toxic people in your life that are destructive and damaging to your health and your vitality, your life and all of that. And it is not your obligation to stay in those relationships. Sometimes you can remove yourself again. You'll see healing and you'll see transformation in them too. Now it may or may not be, it's not your responsibility to do that as well, but the opportunity presents itself when you take the opportunity to do the best for you because you love yourself enough. Yeah. And what you said is really important. It's like, and I, I was just telling this girl this because she, her and her husband have been together for quite some time. They have, mm-hmm. you know, children and stuff like that. She was staying in the relationship for the children. She's on a massive growth path. Mm-hmm. All she's investing money, time, energy. She wants to grow and her husband wants to work, come home, drink beer, watch football. And when she starts to leave the relationship, he shows up for a month or two or three, and then he falls back into the tracks. So yeah. she gets hope then she gets discouraged and she leaves him again. And then it's this thing. And finally she's like, I got. I said, you have to understand that when you leave him, you're giving not only you, but you're giving him a gift. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not 100% in it, you're already hurting him. So give him the gift. And you're, he's going to realize very quickly that if he wants a quality person like you in his life that wants to grow and contribute, he's going to have to grow and contribute. Mm-hmm. If not, he's going to get a less, he's going to get somebody to lower sure. vibe. And mm-hmm. that's the way it's going to, he'll roll. All right. Now I want to get to the money shot of this hour. Uh, I don't remember if you said this, the, you know, when you were on the show before, but it's the, it's probably the most impactful thing. And the, Super Don, open up your mic because I want you in on this one. I think you're going to appreciate this uh, very much because we talk about the concept of abundance and gifts uh, of human healing, but all kinds of things and obstacles are placed in our way by ourselves because we don't believe we're worthy. And people say, well, I believe I'm worthy. And then you say, well, I can't. And you fill in the blank. And the biggest one, Super D, for most people is I can't afford it. And you can look in a bank account or you might even not have a bank account. And you can say, here's the proof. But at the same time, who's to say that God or something else or even a friend or someone you don't even know wants to shower you with some gift that you're refusing by telling the universe you're not worthy? You know, and, you know, we come down to bank accounts like, no, no, no. Spirit is not limited to that. And so I want you, Super D, to hear. I want me to hear it again. I want everybody to hear it and talk about how you came to this statement. Because it's powerful on abundance, what it really is. And it, it, it isn't really about money, but listen. So this was actually the first um, thing I learned from one of my mentors um, back in 2018. And, and, and it, was, it was, he was talking specifically about abundance. And he said, he was talking to this gentleman and he said, do you know what uh, our definition of abundance is? And the guy's like, no. And he's like, Okay, would you like to hear it? He's mm-hmm. like, yes, I do. He's like, are you paying attention? <laughs> yes, I am. 
okay. Mm-hmm. And he goes, are you ready? He's like, yes. And he said it very clearly. He said, abundance, the ability to do what you need to do when you need to do it, period. Like and he that. said, now in that definition, did you hear anything about money? Did you hear anything about a particular way that the, that the, the abundance had to come? No, the ability to do what you need to do when you need to do it. That, my friends, is abundance. Everybody write that or type that on. If you're not driving right now, listen to live. The ability to do what you need to do when, when you, you need, need to, to do, do it. it now, here's the deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On this planet, most of us feel mentally, physically, that, and emotionally that money, that money is the only way in which abundance can come. Mm-hmm. All right. The problem with that is, is that when you focus and make money, the only way in which abundance can come to you, like you were just saying, like, I want to have that, but I have no money in my bank account. Mm -hmm. I'm screwed. Right. That's what. That's because that scenario you just gave is exactly what I'm talking about. That person has made money the only way that that could be in their life. Right. So what they've literally done is they've locked and closed off all the other doors in which abundance can come Mm -hmm. to them. Be it money, be it somebody gifting them something, be it them being in the right place at the right time so they could synchronously lock into these things. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, my own personal journey. It's like I'm. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm full time. I run chemical free body. I have mm-hmm. my coach. I've got coaches. I'm a pretty busy guy. I'm taking care of my parents. I'm building mm-hmm. a, I don't know if you know, Jim Gale, but I'm building yeah, a, Jim two, Gale, yeah. he's helped me. Know. We're doing this t- yeah. two acre sustainable uh, food farm, you know, uh, uh, food forest, sustainable yeah. food forest. We're building mm-hmm. on our farm. I've got orchards to build. I'm redoing this farm to the most regenerative, amazing, cool, produce yeah. my own power, all that kind of stuff. Self-sufficient deal. Yeah. I'm busy. Yeah. Okay. And I got two kids too. I come here to mountains of hope. A few, a few weeks ago to help Mike Murphy get this thing launched and, and help him. And um, mm-hmm. he basically just said, look, I've got it to this point. You run it. Wow. And and literally handed me this thing. Now, with the, the crazy thing was, is like I wrote out my goals for years. Mm-hmm. Um, twice a day, I will have my own healing resort in Costa Rica. I will have my own healing resort in Hawaii. And in my mind, it was like someday I'll make enough money, money so I can it. buy it and do it. Mm-hmm. And because of the synchronicities, because which I would like to talk about here in a minute about yeah. following your excitement and your joy. Yes. Um, what ended up happening was it was literally handed to right. me. Like, pa- pause for a moment there. Super Don. Um, what do you think of that definition? How does that hit you? Uh, what abundance is in this case, the ability to do what you need to do when you need to do it, period. I mean, it's yeah, me. I'm, yeah. Yeah. It struck you, huh? Yes, yeah. It did. I mean, it, this kind of goes, I think it goes uh, along the same route as a conversation that we were having on the air a couple days ago about just getting out of the way, getting out of your own way mm-hmm. so that things happen and, and how, when you get uh, the picture in your head as to how things are supposed to be and how you're supposed to get them, and the harder you try and make that happen, the further it seems to get away. And then suddenly you just go like, and sometimes it happens on accident. That's, that's the, 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 the fun part is when you're just like, you've been trying and trying and trying and trying to get something to happen. And, you, and it's like, it seems like the harder you try, the more screwed up it gets. And it just seems, you know, and so then you finally go, okay, I give up. Now, you know, you're flabbergasted. You're just like, whatever. And then it happens and you're like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I see two things. I, I was my law. own worst enemy in that situation, right? right? Yeah. yeah, I see one, the law of reversed effort, which is weird. You know, like the more you try, the harder it becomes and the more impossible right. it seems. And law of surrender, 
you give up, you let go. Now, some people say I give up in defeat. I'm not talking about that. For me, it's about turning it over to something that's greater than, than I have conception of, right? In terms of whether it's God, spiritual or whatever you believe it to be. And then the what I call the miracle happens, you know, and, and I've said miracle is a changed consciousness. In other words, your consciousness shifts to be able to accept the gifts. And like Tim was, you know, intimating, it's like, imagine, you, you want to create something so extraordinary, healing retreats in Hawaii and Costa Rica. And, and, and it's like, well, how am I possible to do that? Wouldn't that take millions of dollars coming back the money? And then suddenly, suddenly somebody hands Tim the keys and says, you know what? I've got it this far. You, what is that? How yeah, is, this is a $10 million property, right? How, you know, how do you, <laughs> how do you explain that logically? Right. I don't think I, even though I'm into logic, I love logic, but there's that plus factor, the spiritual essence, the energy that can manifest Beyond our wildest dreams. That's why, you know, I remember our friend Ann Archer Butcher who has been on the show many times over the years or written, wrote in her guide. And she would always say, you know, ask the universe for what it is you want. Ask for something greater. Ask for something great. And, and always say this or something greater, because very often we are so the, the limiting factor. If mm. we're not the obstacle, we're also the limiting factor. Well, what you're what you're talking about here was uh, the other besides the abundance principle, mm-hmm. which this was the second uh, principle that I learned that since I heard it, it resonated with me at such a deep level, just like it struck you. And I think that's mm-hmm. why we're here. Yeah. We should probably talk about how you got here and the, the that super triangle yes, synchronicity. Yes, yes. And, um, is that then later I, I learned this. Uh, see, for me, I don't like complicated shit. I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's the problem in the world. They try to industries and people are trying to program us into like, things are so complicated. You can't handle your own finances. Go see a financial advisor like me. It's like the people that had the most money were people that kind of monitored and watched their own stuff, right? Because they had a, they paid attention to it. Um, outsourcing your your health to a doctor where Hippocrates said, you know, let thy food be thy medicine. Let thy medicine be thy food. Everybody mm-hmm. pretty much knows that one. Pretty profound. But he also said, he who is not his own doctor is a fool. Mm-hmm. He who is not his own doctor is a fool. So going back to this concept, and this was a very simple thing. I used to write my goals out all the time. Like I said, twice a day, I had business plans, all this stuff. And, and that was great. I was excited about it. Um, But what I found out was I found a very simple formula to live my life by. And when I started doing it, my life started exploding Mm -hmm. towards me. And I kind of kept it secret for a while because it was like, I didn't tell nobody about this because it's so weird. And then I started sharing it with my coaching students and they were like, dude, that thing that you shared with me, my life is exploding. I mean, these things, people just started like, Mm -hmm. it was the best thing. So now I tell everybody. So here it is. You might want to write this down or, you know, make sure you're hitting record, save this uh, video. Follow your highest excitement, Mm -hmm. your joy. Step one. Number two, to the best of your ability. Number three, with zero insistence on an outcome, zero. And you just said something, do something good, but look for greater, look for good, but look for greater, yeah. right? This or, be open greater. To greater, this right? or something greater. So yeah. an example for me would be, I want to have a healing resort in Costa Rica and, and Hawaii. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to do. That was a vibrational frequency, excited me. But the outcome, I'm not in Costa Rica and I'm not in Hawaii. I'm in Medellin, Colombia. I would have never thought I was going to be here. You have to be open. You don't know where it's going to take you. Right. Mm -hmm. But the excitement is the thread to follow. And here's how I believe it works. God, he, she, the vortex, the higher mind, whatever you want to call it, whatever your belief systems are, how God communicates to us is through the conduit of imagination. And those vibrations through us into this physical body and are translated 
through the physical feeling of excitement and joy and passion. So when you feel excited and when you feel joyful and you feel passionate about something, that's literally, literally God saying that way. Mm-hmm. And he, here's the cool thing. We get to choose. We can choose that or not. We can listen to it or not. God is up on top of the mountaintop. Okay, the higher mind is on top of the mountaintop. It's the 30,000 foot view. We're down in the tree really see much with the physical mind we the physical mind is not designed to uh tell you what to do with your life it's to, to receive information carry out some basic functions it has a purpose but it's not it is not the the um it's not like the guiding light right mm-hmm. it's like so the beacon to always move towards is that vibrational frequency of excitement and joy so mm-hmm. the higher mind god is sitting there going go to the right go to the right and a lot of times we're like, no, I'm not going to follow my excitement. I'm not going to do my job. I'm going this way. And you no. fall in a mud puddle, you fall in a hole. And then God, the higher mind picks you up, dusts you off. Okay. I told you to go right. Here's some more excitement. Here's some more joy. It's over there. Go that way. No, I'm not going to do it. And you go back in the hole. And so it's this thing is like, you, we trust that you have to understand that when you're feeling this vibrational, mm-hmm. it's coming from the higher power, which do you think the higher power has got bad interest for you? No, it is you. Mm-hmm. You're telling yourself which way to go and it's never going to lead you astray. It wants the best for you. It absolutely yeah. wants the best to you. So listen to it when you find. So again, this formula, I started, I started practicing it and, and crazy shit started happening. Like literally, I'll tell you a couple of stories. It's stuff that blew my mind. This was in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I love doing yoga and I'm doing yoga. I go to a hot yoga class. And I'm going over to the grocery store mm-hmm. to get a coconut, raw coconut water. It was $5.99 plus 10 cent deposit. So $6.09. I got a bunch of hundred dollar bills and a five and a one. I don't have, and I hate change because right? it just keeps building up in my car. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking to this girl and I was like, here's six bucks. I'm like, oh, take a penny, give a penny. My whole life, I've always put change in there. I've never taken anything out. And I was mm-hmm. like, and for the first time energetically, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get some pennies. But it was all pennies. Mm-hmm. And I said, I said, and I was telling her all about this stuff, all in your excitement. Your, I said, watch this. And I'm high on yoga. I'm getting my yoga. And I said, watch this. And I reached down to those pennies. And I mm-hmm. remember I need nine of them. Mm-hmm. And I grab them mm-hmm. and I go, count those pennies. And there was a little teeny space it was like it's not gonna be nine pennies ten (laughs) it's not possible and i was like screw you i'm following my excitement and joy of course it is and i go like this and i go count them and the girl goes one two in my hand three four five six seven eight nine (laughs) she's like how did you do that and i said well i did it because i follow my excitement my joy to the best of my ability i'm not attached to an outcome Mm. i didn't really care if there was nine i just knew there was going to be yeah because i was so tapped in Mm. she's like what do you do for a living i said i help people do that and i help him start and begin through health she's like oh my god do you have a card and then this other lady was in line next to me i didn't even see her she's like i want one of your cards too (laughs) and right so i'm like okay cool Mm -hmm. so that happened okay um i was divorced um i I started going from house to house helping people heal themselves and i went to this one guy's place i'm riding my bicycle down the road and i see this little beach on the willamette river Mm -hmm. it's like a little sandy beach it's like what and this is really cool and for some reason i had this vision i'm like wouldn't it be cool to be on this sandy beach with some, I don't know, it popped into my head, some beautiful, long, dark-haired Latina gal. That's what I actually thought. <laughs> I don't know why. And I like all women, all races, yeah, color, yeah. doesn't matter. But that yeah. popped into my head. Mm-hmm. And then I 
went about my business. Like two and a half hours later, I go downtown to this yoga studio that's also a raw food, living food deal. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I walk in and the place is packed. So I get in line, I order my food, I get my food and I'm walking back. There is only one seat open. And it's right across from a dark haired, <laughs> long, beautiful Latina girl. Yeah. And I said, hey, do you mind if I sit here? She's like, no, go ahead. So I sit down, we start talking, she's studying. She just got out of a relationship and um, like literally just broke up with her boyfriend and, um, and we're talking. And then we started talking about these concepts, following your joy, following your mm. excitement stuff. And I actually got, uh, this is really um, trippy. Okay. Right. So, and, and she's like, oh my God, she's like, this is like, um, this is like Abraham Hicks you know, stuff. And I was like, yeah, well, that's part of it. Yeah. I have listened to Abraham Hicks and she's like, Oh yeah. And my sister taught me this stuff. She goes, the only difference is, is that it resonated with me, but she goes, you're actually taking action on it. Mm. She goes, I know about it, but I haven't really taken the action, which is like the third universal law. What you put out is what you get back, mm. which is simply pure physics. Right. And then and she goes and my sister and all of a sudden it clicked in my head and we both said at the same time, Nina. <laughs> so where I got put on this path was yeah. her sister. Her sister introduced me to the, these mentors. Mm -hmm. And then we wow. said at the same time, it was like her sister. And then we were having a great conversation. I said, hey, look, I was just riding my bike. There's this little beach down there. Let's continue this conversation. And she's like, well, I don't know. And I was like, come on. I was like, look, I'm not trying to hit on you. I just, and dude. It was two and a half hours later. I'm sitting on that beach right. with a dark haired, long Latina. I'm telling you, it's like, it was just like it happened. So mm -hmm. what I realized, I started realizing is the more I tap into this, the more it proves mm -hmm. itself to you yeah. that when you wake up in the morning and you, it's like a blank palette, wow. just like your daughter painted that picture. She mm -hmm. had a blank slate. Mm -hmm. You can wake every morning mm -hmm. and you can just start designing your life and creating it. If you tap into the synchronistic mm -hmm. tapestry of life. And I'm telling you, the more you do this, the more it'll prove itself to you. Mm -hmm. And you will, your life will literally, literally become an ecstatic explosion of joy and synchronicity. The more you do this, mm -hmm. the more it'll prove it itself to you. But mm -hmm. this is the polarizing aspect to it. When you start changing your life and you start following your excitement and your joy to the best of your ability, every moment of every day with zero insistence on an outcome, many things in your life are going to start changing for you. And many times very, very, very quickly, like very rapidly, you're going to see rapid change, but there's going to be people in certain circumstances that don't. And when they don't happen, when that doesn't happen, especially if it's somebody doing something towards you that might not be considered in a positive fashion, the way you know that your reality has actually changed is if you now respond differently to the same stimulus as you did before than you did before. So if they, if somebody challenged you, like you're a loser and you can't do this or that, or mm -hmm. what do you think you're doing? And you respond the same way, your mm -hmm. reality hasn't changed. But if you now respond differently to it and you open up your heart and you feel yeah. compassion for them and you don't take any of their bullshit baggage onto your life and realize that's all their stuff. Yeah. And you respond differently to it. Guess what? Your reality has changed. Your consciousness has shifted. It's inside. It changed yeah. inside. Everything's yeah. an inside game. Everything you see is actually happening inside of you. It's not external. Beautiful. Beautiful. And, you know, getting here, I mean, this is, I almost, you know, I'm so grateful for so much in my life. I like to say I'm grateful for it all. I don't know. I think, I mean, you know, that I, I don't even think to ask for stuff sometimes. And I know that some it's like, gosh, you know, you're talking about actually engaging actively and yet sometimes gifts do happen. Mm -hmm. So folks, if you don't feel like you're an expert at any of this or even an amateur at this, just being open sometimes is the starting point of going, 
good Lord, I don't even know what I want or need right now, but please help me. You know, whatever it is, it's a sincere petition. It isn't like do it for me, but it's like show me the way kind of thing. Yeah. Guide me, whatever it is. And, and things can light up. Opportunities can happen. Now, when they do, you could reject them. When Laban Ditchburn, my buddy, says, hey, Robert, you got to come down to Costa Rica. My buddy Tim James is putting this thing on, uh, this healing retreat. And I'm like, it sounds great, but I don't know. I mean, it's, I, yeah, I'm just kind of doing this going. I mean, it, uh, nothing against it, but I just like, yeah. And you're like, is Columbia safe? Right. Well, know, I you- don't know. It's far away. It's like, uh, I can't get away. I've got all these responsibilities and, uh, you know. And then, you know, my wife hears about it uh, and says, well, that sounds really good. You should do that. I'm like, really? <laughs> and then Brian Artis calls, you know, who's who's also here. And he says, Robert Scott Bell, you got to go. This thing, you got to go. Yeah, I'm not taking no for an answer. Just do it. <laughs> Brian Artis does it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, it's hard to say no to Brian Artis. But at the same time, I go to my honey, my wife. Just, yeah. And I was like, I would love for you to go. She's like, no, I'm not up for the trip, but you should take the kids. I'm like. The kids all, that's crazier even. And and I, you know, I asked my daughter, she's like, oh man, that would be amazing. I would love that. I'm like, oh, okay. Then I asked my son, I didn't think he'd want to do it. And he's like, yeah, I think I do. But I was like, could this really be happening? Mm-hmm. Did they, and, and I and I pushed back on both of them to make sure that they wanted this because it wasn't, yeah. I didn't want to drag them into something that they would not feel comfortable or whatever. But they both came on. We got to do this. And, and you didn't wife, even know really what you're getting into. No, no, not really <laughs> at all. And, and then, you know, my wife, pushed it says you got to do this is going to be so important and especially for the kids i mean i think about you know what we do as parents for our kids and it's like i want the best for them obviously give them an opportunity to, to break through their own whatever you know and so it just it, it happened right but i could have said no to layman i could have said no to dr artist i could have said no to you ultimately but the, the universe was conspiring against the no yeah well the, the, here's the funny thing about this is that um, I had met Laban recently and we were talking and I said, yeah, if you can find a few people to come down here with them, we'll put you up. And, um, you know, I'm leveraging my time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, he told Robert about it. And then I had a guy reach out to me and he's like, Hey, don't you live in Oregon? I was like, yeah, he goes, we're doing a freedom festival in Baker city, Oregon. You live close to there. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm 45 minutes from there in LaGrande. I said, I'll come over there and see you guys. Dr. Mm-hmm. Artist was over there speaking. And I was like, I had been on, had Dr. Artist on my show a couple mm-hmm. years ago during the whole COVID thing. I think Kimon yeah. talked to, about remdesivir and all that. And then um, I was just recently on his show about five, four or five months ago. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, Artist is going to be over there. I was like, oh, I'll get to meet him in person too. I was like, yeah, this will be great. So I went over there, did the f- dinner, uh, actually gave Dr. Artist a can of my greens. I was like, take two of these and call me in the morning. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> and so the next day I came back and I was going to be gone by 11 in the morning, mm-hmm. but he said he was speaking. Uh, we, we started talking. We're just standing there talking. And it was just like, it was yeah. undeniable. Just like me and him were just like, it's like this brother, this connection. And he's like, yeah, I'm actually one of the last speakers. And I was like, I'll wait. Yeah. So I just hung out with him all day. And then afterwards I hopped in the car. We drove him back to the grand, went to a nice dinner, then brought him and Jane back about 1130, dropped him off. And on the way back, I said, Hey man, like my formulator just died. And, um, my Dr. Scott Treadway and he was kind of one of my mentors and stuff. And I actually feel as a doctor, I really trust you. And I want you to be a part of my life. And I was emotional about it. I like, mm-hmm. I felt this kindred spirit of Dr. Mm-hmm. Treadway coming through him. Mm-hmm. And I was crying in the back of the car while the gals were driving up front. And 
and um, and I'm like, I want you to come to Medellin and and experience this thing. I want to give you this gift. And and then um, he's like, Well, I got, I know a lot of people. If you want some help, and I was like, Well, yeah, maybe. And then I and then I was like, You know what? Yeah, go ahead, just fill it up. And and he did, and he pretty much got almost everybody here. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that was awesome. And then he reached out to you. So I had reached out to Laban. Mm-hmm. And then Laban was nudging you and then, yeah. and then Brian mm-hmm. nudging you. Mm-hmm. And so it, what a small world, how these two completely different people, because like, Laban and Brian, I don't believe knew each other no, at no, all. No. Yeah. And then you're getting pressure from both sides <laughs> and your wife yep. and both kids. You had like a, a five pointed star it, of, of, of influence. Sometimes I'm stubborn and that's what it takes, but God knows. And it's like, I'm going to send everybody to make sure you get the memo. Yeah. You had, you had yeah. five people, the very influential people in your life pointing you to come here. And mm-hmm. that's probably what yeah. it took. At a certain point, I just could not say no, even though I said no to the ice bath yesterday uh, after doing the, the cold plunges earlier yeah. in the day. So <laughs> it's not that I'm incapable of saying no and sticking to it. In fact, I can tell my kids no very easily. Uh, but in this case, it was like, you know, the convergence of everything. And then uh, it's been such a gift, such a blessing. We were only touching on su- some of the surface. Like last night, you and my daughter, Ariana, you were playing guitar and singing together. And it was just these beautiful things. And Dr. Artis ends up adjusting us, right? Yeah. His chiropractic gift that he has is brilliant. He's yeah, Tim, Tim, Tim yeah, Ray. 15 years, his shoulder was out of whack, screwed up. And I, I've been doing yoga. Yeah. And there's something we have called eagle pose where you don't know if you, for the listeners you can see you can go like this yeah tim couldn't do this so there's a modified version where you just go like this mm-hmm. and today he did this mm-hmm. he did this and he oh, was like he was like 15 years I and after it, a five yeah. ten minute adjustment he was just like doing so good yeah. with his shoulder so you know chiropractic and, is medicine and by the way uh jose i'm talking with tim james right now on the robert scott bell show he's asking who is this guy he's just tuning in uh and if you don't know tim uh chemicalfreebody.com yep and yep. uh mountainsofhope.com and another thing Tim has done here that's been extraordinary, every morning we're getting up with the sunrise and it's like 12 hour days because we're equatorial and we're doing this thing called yin yoga. I'd never even heard of yin yoga. I mean, I know yoga, I've heard of hot yoga and this thing of yoga, but yin, I've never heard of yin and yang, I guess. But yeah, and it's been amazing. Absolutely amazing. I'm not like Mr. Flexible Yoga Guy. I mean, I do kickboxing stuff, but I'm like, as he describes his athletic background, we used to do the athletic. It's like, yeah, I'll stretch, do, do, you know, stretch. I'm done. I'm, I'm in. Play and, ball. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> and, and yet a lot, a lot of injuries as you, you know, in this body for a longer time can happen. So this yin yoga that he's done has been extraordinary. And it's, uh, it's a workout too. You hold these poses, but it's been amazing. And you, breakthroughs are happening every day with this morning in yoga. Yeah. So the deal is, is like for the last 13 years, once I got woke up to processed foods and Mm -hmm. chemicals and stress and pollution, and I've been working on my body and daily detoxing, anything that I find that will boost my immune system, Mm -hmm. um, give me more flexibility, anything, anything that's going to make me healthier, live longer, have more vitality. I will add that to my lifestyle and then I will tell the world about it. That's what I've been doing for 13 years, curating the best lifestyle for myself and then sharing it with people. Mm -hmm. So I was a very A type. It used to be egotistical type person. I've dropped most of all that now. I know there's still remnants of it there. I'm still working on it. (laughs) Yeah. But um, I was very yang mm-hmm. and then Chinese. So yin is the more of the feminine energy. It's more of a, what it is, it's a three to 10 minute stretching posture. So normally when people stretch, they stretch a little bit and mm-hmm. they're done. Here's what we're doing is we're actually opening up what's called fascia. Fascia is the largest, largest organ of the body, of the physical body. And we're not talking about the etherical body, which the spiritual body, the, the yeah. spiritual one mm-hmm. that's the, that we were talking about. The energy source is actually the largest organ, that energy. So, but it's a very large organ. Okay. Mm -hmm. However you want to put context, you want to put it into. 
and um, and it, it's it's very it gets very tight, especially as you get older. If you're 35 years and younger, you should be stretching three days a week. If you're 35 years and older, you should be stretching every single day. Just like when a cat gets up, they stretch. Oh yeah. A dog gets up. They. I mean, there's we do that. Yeah. Downward dog is ba- it's in yoga pose based off a of dog cat pose. Okay, the cow cat, pose. Yeah. There's all these poses. In nature. By the way, I neither identify as a cat, dog, or female. Just because we did these things, all right? You're going to be who you are, but you're going to be better for doing yeah. these things. Yes. And so, <laughs> what we do is um, you want to look at this this fascia like taffy. Mm-hmm. If you pull on taffy really quick, it snaps and breaks. Yep. But if you take taffy and you put a gentle pressure on it, eventually it warms up and it starts stretching. slowly yeah. moving and stretching. And this is why we hold. So, the first 90 seconds of these postures is to warm up the fascia and then the benefits begin after 90 seconds. That's why we hold them for three minutes. And so what ends up happening is, is you just slowly start opening up and I've taken people, let's say those of you that drive a lot or you're typing at desk, you have a lot of upper neck back pain. Mm -hmm. There's a, well, we just did it earlier. We did this Eagle pose, right? Rolling over. So yeah, so we're doing Eagle pose Mm -hmm. and then you bend forward and you curl over. And I've also, and you're, you're down on your knees. With your toes curled underneath you, that's also called open toe pose or broken yeah. toe pose. Mm-hmm. And you can have them flat too. So I like to double down because we're getting two things at once. Right. And you curl down and it's not easy. Okay. It's not it's not easy. And you don't do it to pain, but you do it just to a just little bit edge. of discomfort. Yeah. That's yeah. where you want. You'll be right on the edge mm-hmm. and you stay there and then you focus on your breath. And what ends up happening is it starts opening up. I can't even tell you how many people mh. I ask them, where do you hurt? We do a few, just a two or three exercises. That's amazing. And then they're just like. Yeah. And oh I, like, my God. I like the taffy thing. Now I've got a few things we need to do. If you want sure. to stick around and, and be with me on this, we got a question of the day. We got the homeopathic hit of the day as well. And also a special thank you to my friends at Folium PX, Bobbery Oren. Hi, Bobbery. Uh, we're having a great time here and you should be here too, but foliumpx.com. This is the Chernobyl level antioxidant that came out of the Chernobyl disaster in the former Soviet Union. And this stuff is a botanical blend from the pine tree. And it's an amazing thing. It got my mom back on the dance floor at 89. She's going to be 90 in January. And uh, we want to keep you all dancing however you want to dance. Think about that Chernobyl level antioxidant. If you've hit a ceiling in your healing, you want to break through, check out foliumpx.com. Use the code RSP10 to get 10% off as well. Also, shout out to my friends at Nutritional Frontiers. Remember, RSP15 discount code on all of their products, including the DMG to counteract the glyphosate that everybody's exposed to. Hopefully not as much here, uh, but it's (laughs) everywhere. And then also, uh, we've got so much more to discuss. uh, Well, in the bonus round, we'll come up with that. But thanks as well to Trinity School of Natural Health. I was talking with someone who wants to do naturopathy, traditional naturopathy, not the allopathic kind where they're injecting you with vaccines. Trinity School of Natural Health, trinityschool.org, as well as the healthfreedomexpo.com. We got the, the virtual coming up in February and more events and probably more here at Mountains of Hope. Now, question of the day. You can help me with this one a little bit, Tim James. Go ahead, let's question of the day. It is, uh, let's see, from Kim. Uh, good morning. Your talk yesterday about RSB's wife, my, my wife, I guess we talk about, uh, got nerve damage from a tooth extraction. Her, uh, let's see. Kim's question is, I was given a laminectomy, major back surgery in the hospital. Now I have disabilities ever since. I cannot walk up and down stairs. I have pain with every step. Uh, it's pain on the left side and goes down my back, buttocks and left leg and knee pain. The surgeon denies that his surgery had anything to do with it, of course. Question, can laminectomy back surgery cause nerve damage, leaving me with this disability that does not heal? It's been four years of PT. What from a laminectomy back surgery would be causing disability and no range of motion in my pelvis? I wonder what you guys can address on the show. Well, laminectomy, they are literally taking 
tissue, connective tissue, bone tissue, could be other things um, it, from the spine. And it's like, are you kidding me? Could that affect your nerves and nerve pain going forward? You know, I would like to say it's a moment of dub, but I don't want to be insulting. It's a, you know, it's very much a, a contributing factor or maybe a prime cause. I don't know why they did it, but connective tissue disorders are rampant. Copper, get on the sovereign copper for immediately, as well as, uh, you know, that'll help cool inflammation too. Other things that can reduce inflammation without damaging your liver and your immune system. Uh, silica is another great mineral. What would you respond to someone like this and say? Well, besides, you know, any structural issues, um, like what you were talking about, she was talking about neuropathy too, right? Yeah. I mean, just constant. Yeah. So pain obviously the, the nerves have been, you know, the nerves run inside the spinal column and they are the, the, the high the, the freeways and the highways of the electrical current in the body. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing that we want to do is we want to start bringing flexibility back into your, into your body and yin yoga is something that you can do on the daily. So for me, in your situation, I have a three-part thing that you do on the physical body. Number one is have a good chiropractor that you're working with, a good one. Number two, you would uh, get a good, somebody that does what's called rolfing. Mm -hmm. This is a technique developed by a gal named Ida Rolf. That's why they call it rolfing. And when I first heard that, I was like, what did they say? Yeah. And um, they work deep into the fascia, which mm -hmm. is what we're talking about here. So these people are going to be able to get in there and work on that and, 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 and also deep tissue massage where they're breaking up the scar tissue. There's actually specialists that get in there and they, they do that, especially for women with breast cancers and stuff like that. They, there's, scar tissue is blocking the electrical flow in your body. Mm -hmm. So you chiropractic, uh, rolfing and yin yoga. This is the physical stuff. Okay. Now also for scar tissue, there's two things that I have found one that I have first person experience with mm -hmm. and a second one that I have secondhand experience with from like Dr. Group mm -hmm. and other people. And I know he's not bullshitting me. Yeah, right? no. So I know it's legit. All right. I'm going to do a cliffhanger. Hold Quit. on to those Dude. two. I got to do the homeopathic hit of the day. And then we're going to take a break and come back to the bonus round. You're going to hear the two things that Tim James will reveal about scar tissue issues. Okay. And so you don't want to miss that. Issues right. with the tissues. Yes. Issues with the tissues. All right, Super Don, let's go to the homeopathic hit of the day. Playing all of the homeopathic hits every day, right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Well, the homeopathic hit of the day, I can make fun of British teeth today. For those of you listening on UK Health Radio, it's creosotum. This will be great. If you have blackened, modeling, and degenerating teeth, creosotum is your remedy. And think about creosote in a, uh, uh, a fireplace. It looks just like it what you think about your teeth when they blacken model. I mean, it's really bad, but dental issues, also some gynecological symptoms impacted by this homeopathic remedy known as creosotum. And we do these homeopathic hits not to give you a comprehensive worldview of every remedy, but to give you an introduction so you'll go deeper and see, hey, maybe this is for me. It's not just about teeth, but creosotum often used for dental and also gynecological and certain skin conditions. And so let's go into that. The Origins of creosotum is distillation of wood tar, uh, particularly beech wood tar. And in homeopathy, we take it and dilute it, highly dilute it. So it's not, you know, you're not actually ingesting wood tar, but homeopathically, the essence of it, creating a scenario where the body reacts and responds to the information, the education that's giving energetically or metabolically. And it's uh, potential to uh, treat a lot of things, including mucous membranes and skin issues is profound. Now, effectiveness in treating dental issues like tooth decay, painful dentition, as it's known, and gum problems, receding gums, right? That's a lot of th people are suffering with that. It's also indicated for gynecological conditions such as painful menstruation and such 
uh, conditions like burning and itching sensations vaginally for women. Uh, so there are mental components and emotional components of all of these remedies as well. There, there may be irritability and restlessness, especially associated with the physical discomforts associated to or treated by creosotum. So let's review primary uses, dental issues, particularly for tooth decay, painful teething in children, it can be used, and gum disease, gynecological symptoms, painful menstruation, irregular cycles, and burning, stinging sensations, and skin conditions like burning, itching, and offensive discharges from the skin. We could have used creosotum yeah. on our, In fact, that was one of the remedies I was using in, in my healing from my uh, the bleeding uh, elbows and stuff I was doing. So creosotum, great remedy. Low potency, 6X, 10X, 12C, whatever. Safe to use, repeat as needed. Let your symptoms be your guide. If you're going into high intense potencies, please consult a homeopath. And uh, I've got four homeopathic complementary remedies if you want to look into this further. Calcarea carbonica is often used, or calcarb is often used alongside creosotum for dental issues, especially in kids. Sepia, interestingly enough, we've talked about it for gynecological symptoms, complementing creosotum's action. But if you're depressed because you've got bad teeth, sepia is also good for that. Phosphorus, indicated for inflammation and infection of gums and systemic fevers hypersulfur tooth infection with abscess. So you've got a lot of things to study today. This is available as a free PDF download for you at robertscabbell.com. No charge. All I ask is please share the show. Uh, remember, it's advisable not to self-prescribe for serious conditions. Consult a homeopath when needing, and, you know, for serious, serious stuff. And uh, just as a wrap up, a reminder, creosotum, valuable homeopathic remedy, particularly for dental issues, gynecological symptoms, certain skin conditions. And if you would, please keep tuning in the Robert Scott Bell Show for awesome guests like Tim James today and uh, information on homeopathy and other things that are not to replace anything if you don't want to. If you got a doctor you want them, they're good, that's fine. But to give you information so you can make better or fully informed decisions about your health and the health of your loved ones and your family, your kids especially. So with that, thank you to Trinity School of Natural Health for supporting us, Nutritional Frontiers, Foley MPX and more, and Mountains of Hope for have, hosting us here in Colombia. And when we come back from this brief break as we wrap it up here on the Robert Scott Bell Show to learn about the two issues with scar tissue. Tim James, my friend, Chemical Free Body, robertscottbell.com, mountainsofhope.com. It's all in the show notes. And if you want to see the video of what I just did with these homeopathic hits, become a patron supporter of the Robert Scott Bell Show, and you'll get access to that as well. God bless you. Back in a moment, the power to heal is yours. All right, we're back at it. Mountains of Hope in Colombia. And we have Tim James here hanging out in the bonus round. We'll do a little bit before lunch locally here. We are on technically Eastern time zone right now. Eastern standard time is the same as Columbia yeah. time. Yep. And that's why we've done the show early this week because it worked in the schedule. Although I was set up to do in the podcast room that I'd been in the last two days. And then uh, Billy was in there. I had no idea. I'm like going into the setup. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, yeah, you were, you were being interviewed. Yeah, he was interviewing like, me. Each day I was in there. I'm like, uh, what are you doing? Uh, so anyway, we reset here, which is a beautiful uh, office as well at the reception here at, at Mountains of Hope. And it's worked out beautifully. And uh, we've got a little bit of the background behind us. It's bright outside. It's just gorgeous midday now. And uh, Tim, we were talking about, you know, the, the question that I think Kim scar had about tissue. the laminectomy going into scar tissue and stuff. And um, Kim, God bless you. You're suffering a lot, like my wife with pain issues. I also remember CBD and Kratom have been instrumental in helping my wife to manage some of those things. And anything that can bring down the anxiety associated with the pain that makes the pain worse is cool. And there are a lot of things botanically, homeopathically, and otherwise you can use. But scar tissue issue, talk to me about what your experience is there. And this is the bonus round, right? Yes, bonus round. Well, between now and then, I'm up to four 
not two. Oh, oh, you jumped up to four. See, those of you who have hung out a little longer are going to be rewarded. All right. So there's different things that I've, I've uh, a couple of them, a few of them I've, I've actually seen wor- working and, 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 and um, another one I, I haven't, but I trust the people that, so I feel confident in actually sharing. And I, I don't hardly ever do that mm-hmm. unless I really know these people, right? Mm-hmm. So the first one, and the first one's, uh, um, it, you'd have to make an investment. It's about 2,500 bucks. The rest of them are free. Okay. okay. So the first one is what's called a Brown's gas machine. Mm. Okay. And Brown's gas is actually makes uh, oxygen, molecular hydrogen, and electrically expanded water. Now we're specifically talking about the molecular hydrogen component mm-hmm. in the gastrointestinal way, tract. We're drinking specific, it right here. Yeah, specifically mm-hmm. the colon. We used to have bacterium in the colon that would break the hydrogen carbon bond and release the hydrogen into our system, which, mm-hmm. by the way, is our major macronutrient. By volume, the human body is 62% hydrogen, 24% oxygen, 12% carbon, and 2% everything else, minerals and all that jazz, okay? So the major macronutrient. This is very important for stem cell production. This is very important for your immune system and your organ systems. So bacterium um, are very, these bacteria are very susceptible to chemicals. Chemicals from 1960s, big pharma, pesticides, fungus, all this stuff, right? And so they've been wiped out. So we don't have the ability to break that hydrogen carbon bond. We are deficient in hydrogen. So how you can tell is if you have scar tissue on your body, that is a patch job because if you had full hydrogen in your body, you would hardly even have any scars. It would just heal up. Fascinating. Right? Yeah. So what you can do is you can buy this machine and you can bubble the hydrogen into your water and drink it. But then you also breathe the hydrogen during the day while you work when you can, if you're home working or whatever. But if you can't do that, you can at least breathe it at night. You put on a cannula and you just breathe it at night. And what ends up happening uh, will actually um, – George Weisman, the inventor of the uh, Brown's gas machine that I use, because he's got an mm. unbelievable story and his wife died and he, he found out that the, mm. the cure to his wife was sitting in the garage the whole time mm. and he fell to the ground crying because this woman healed herself with what I just shared with mm. lupus. Mm-hmm. And, um, and basically, um, George, within a year, all of his scar tissue on his body, he used to be a, worked on a ranch and stuff as a kid growing up. So, he, you know, I got tons of scars from baseball and all this stuff. I've been doing it since December of twenty. 22 Mm -hmm. and my scar tissues are about half gone now. Nice. Right. So there's one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Number two, that would be water fasting. And for some of you, you might need medical supervised long-term water fasting. We're talking five, 10, 15, 20, 30, up to 40 days of water fasting, Mm -hmm. seeing scar tissue uh, uh, removal. In fact, you know, uh, Laban's wife, Anna, Anna, yeah, scar tissue from, you know, kind of botched, uh, uh, stuff when she was a child, mm-hmm. when she went through all that trauma with her stepdad and mm-hmm. getting her pregnant with the molestation. And then, um, you know, what ended up happening was, um, she has all this scar tissue in her uterus and she wasn't able to have a child. They want to have a child. She did a two day fast, a two day fast and a four day fast. And her uterine wall went from three centimeters or four, four, four millimeters to 13 millimeters, I believe, right in there, which is tremendous. And why is it able to do that? Because the scar tissue was vanishing nice. from water fasting. That one doesn't cost anything. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one is something that I learned from Dr. Ed Group and a few other guys around here, which is urine therapy. Urine therapy is, I mean, you're making your own stem cells in your urine. You start drinking your own urine and, um, you know, start off with an ounce or two a day, twice a day, and you work your way up. And Ed said he actually drank all of his urine everywhere he went for a year one time. Wow. And, um, but it's, it has this tremendous ability to like wipe out anything with COVID, which Mm -hmm. is snake venom, right? Mm -hmm. And all that stuff. And it produces these stem cells. So you have to look more into that, but that doesn't cost you anything either. And I know a lot of people are like, I don't want to drink my pee, but 
I've been doing it the last two days because I've heard about it multiple times. Dude. And then after getting explained about it, I was mm-hmm. like, I'm doing it. Like I'm, well, I'm and I give people the option. You can actually convert your own urine into a homeopathic form. Uh, so you don't actually have to drink it in quantity and yeah. you can get the benefit, the energetics of yeah. it too. And I know I, look, I'm not an allopath. I'm a homeopath. So I, less can be more. Exactly. Uh, so it's another option for you. If you consider this, if you're grossed out right now, I know some of my audience is just bear with it. This yeah, is I was grossed out too yeah. a long time ago. But mm-hmm. when I heard of what it could do, I'm like, I have to do it. Like I will do anything. You can also implant it rectally, just like people do coffee enemas or. Oh, that's even more grass, exciting. Super Don, you see him? Look at Super Don. He's, grass, like, he's, he's down right now. He's like, oh my God, I can't believe we're Super Don, you can this. just pee in your butt and you're going to heal. <laughs> oh, no. All right. So oh, oh, look at him. <laughs> You gotta show did, your face. I just did that for effect. You did. That was great. Uh, okay. And so the last one, last one. <laughs> yes. There, there he is. is. Look at it. Look at that Let's face. Look at that, look at that face. The show has gone off the rails, but continue. <laughs> he's like, okay, I think Tim last time dropped this colonic bomb on me. Now right. he's talking about like, we'll never Why is he talking? Him. He's yeah. always hanging around the genitals and the, right. the, the colon. No, I'll say, Tim's coming on. We're super gone. Where do you go? <laughs> he take off. Okay. Here's the last one. Mm-hmm. And this is another one I don't have experience with, but it's, it's, it's secondhand, but it was, um, it's like a lot of Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, the power of the mind to heal the body where like he healed himself, um, when his back was broken, rebuilt his back. We actually had this one gal that was here on our last influencers event was one of his first people. Oh, wow. She fell off a four story building, broke her, landed in an empty, dry swimming pool, oh my broke gosh. her back in half, was never supposed to walk in or have children. And she was able to do both. And she was one of the very first people that worked with Joe. And so she kind of became a big thing because just like Joe, not supposed to walk again. She completely rehealed her back by meditation. You wow. can actually get rid of scar tissue with meditation and, um, and, and intention and rebuilding. So that's another way to So there's four ways. One is an investment, the molecular hydrogen. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, water fasting. Number three, urine therapy. And number four, um, meditation. Beautiful. Uh, there you go. Thank you. That was bonus round for sure. And by the way, a lot of ways you can get hydrogen. Um, you know, the Echo Go we got from Echo Technologies and uh, I have the you know home unit under my sink producing hydrogen water. Every time I drink, always hydrogen water. But the cannula aspect and the Brown's gas, that's another, you know, viable well, it's, option. It's too. cool. The water is yeah. amazing. But mm-hmm. when you breathe it, it's 10 times as powerful. To, and you want to do both. Mm-hmm. You sure. definitely want to do both. Yeah, very cool. So, uh, Kim, I hope that's helpful to you. Please write back. Let us know if there's more questions you have or anything like that. Super Don, as we're wrapping up here, we got lunch getting started. Mm-hmm. I know. How are you doing on this new schedule for this week? Are we going to be able to go back to our old schedule when I get back? For the most part, it's been fine. Today is a little rough because I, I didn't get as much sleep last night as I should have. But mm-hmm. uh, it's yeah. You know what? When we're done at like 9 a.m. like now Pacific for time for me that. anyway. Yeah. I'm just like. Yeah, I don't know what to do now. Wow! So, <laughs> so yeah, kind of yin yoga, urine therapy, colonics. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, I'm, I'll get right on that. Um, Maybe the yin yoga. You do yin yoga. So yeah, all right. I got stuff to do. Announcements, things we forgot. Upcoming events tab. Just check it out. We've got more that are being added all of the time. Uh, but sign up for our newsletter. You can text RSB to six six eight six six. That's double six eight six six RSB. My initials, and you'll be prompted to enter your email address for free. And we'll just uh, there you go. Uh, then you can get plugged into all the things we do here on the show and beyond. And special offers and deals, including we'll get you a discount if you want to come to the Mountains of Hope. Yeah, yeah, uh, mountainsofhope.com as well. Maybe we'll host some thing as well in the next year yeah yeah we have i mean people can come here we're we're since we're new we've we've kind of opened up we have signature retreats but we're also we're basically a hotel so you can come here and stay for the weekend mm-hmm. you could book the whole place out for your own event 
um, you could do the signature retreat. Just uh, reach out to mountainsofhope.com and you can book a consultation and see if it's a good fit for you. Cool. If you're human. Now, tomorrow, Super Don, the only guest I have scheduled is Dr. Brian Artis, who's here. As, do we have anything okay. remotely or are we just wide open other than that? Is it a Michael Well, Bolden? you know, I, it's a Michael Bolden Friday. Yeah. Oh, dude, that'll be fun. My 10th yeah. Amendment Center, my buddy, Michael Bolden, you'd love him. Uh, so he appears every couple of weeks with us from the 10th Amendment Center. So if he's up for it, I'd love to have him on in the second hour and we'll have Brian Artis on in the first. Yeah, he's he's good at uh, showing up when he's on the calendar. So cool. All right. Well, that'll be exciting. So yeah. uh, what a week thus far. We still got some more to do and I've got to figure out a Sunday conversation to record with somebody. I do a pre-record for Sunday. That's more spiritually oriented, deep, you know, kind of talk about what, you know, why do you believe what you believe that kind of thing. So I got people here who knows who would be the yeah, right person yeah. to interview for that yeah. for, for in advance for Sunday. I'll be your, uh, your backup if you need somebody. All right. Thank you. I know we got a lot to do here. It's been fun getting to know you better. And we, uh, it's, we just scratched this, the very surface of the elbows that bleed, you know, and, and the history that uh, we both share in, in various, uh, uh, you know, ways we got here, how we got here. And many of you are here because you've also had health challenges and other challenges. And I, I hope you feel uplifted and empowered by uh, stopping in from time to time or every day. Uh, we love and appreciate you. And, and maybe we can do something big like an event, a retreat. And if that's part of it, like I said, open up to the possibility. You don't have to know how. I couldn't, I didn't know I was going to be here and I fought against it. And yet everybody colluded to say, you have to. And I'm so grateful that I didn't say no forever. Eventually I want, Oh, okay. I got the message. God, I hear you uh, through all the, these people that were reaching out to me. So sometimes it takes that if we're stubborn, God can work with us. He's more patient than we are. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Super D anything else before we wrap it up? Oh, well, that's it. So you go, uh, like I said yesterday, go do you Robert. Okay. And, yeah, and uh, anything yeah. else on rumble? Any uh, question comments before we wrap it up today? It's early. Nope. I know people are not used yeah. to us being here. It's early. We got people watching, but okay. uh, everybody's keeping to themselves today. Shout out on all of y'all for being here. Thanks. Please share the show. And uh, God willing, we'll be here less than 22 hours from now in Medellin, outside of Medellin, Colombia, uh, with more from the Mountains of Hope Healing Retreat, mountainsofhope.com, robertscabell.com. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. <laughs>